Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're all ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talking, they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here come the show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. All about the BS, man, because baby is creepy. What's up, BSers? <laughs> that is creepy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How's everybody out there feeling? You guys backed away from the ledge yet? I'm everybody, no. I'm blood no. pressure drop a little bit. Is uh, it was a long night. <laughs> it was a long night. I, I probably didn't go to sleep till like twelve thirty because then you get in bed and you're like wide awake. Oh yeah, I was wired hundred percent. Uh, still don't think I'm a hundred percent over it, but you know what? We gotta we gotta move on. Yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah, it's only the, one uh, way to get over it. It's a win. <laughs> right. Ravens obviously let one get away from them in Vegas. Uh, we got KC coming to the bank next week. Can they right the ship between now and then? So we're talk a little bit about that. Uh, the Terps won big over Howard uh, as they continue their journey toward a four and O showdown with number four Iowa we potentially. Hope. Potentially. It's going to be big if it works. That's right. The Orioles, man. What's going on with the Orioles? Uh, nothing good. <laughs> the good stuff, though, I mean, you got, you know, Mullins and, and Mount Council making their, their march towards history. Right. But outside of that, uh, a lot of bad. That's right. A lot of bad. And the after hours, because we got such a loaded show, we're saving for, no, I'm sorry, the rundown. We're saving for <laughs> the after hours because we got such a loaded show. Uh, so strap in. It's going to be a long night. Just like last night. It'll Just, be a long one. We're ready for it. We're here with you. Right. Scott, uh, in case you haven't noticed, uh, is not here. So Drew is it, stepping in. It took a while to get to that point, but <laughs> we're there. He's off, off on another work trip. Yeah, Scott is in California doing his work business. But uh, let's get rolling, man. Before we do too much, though, we do want to remind you, if you've ever been injured at work or in an auto accident, weren't sure who to call, 855-MD-CRASH. And the Maryland personal injury attorneys that will have your back. If you find yourself in an unfortunate situation just like I have, Drew hasn't, I think Ryan has, and maybe James has. I don't know. I did mid mid episode, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Give our team at MD Crash a call right away. We all know the cost of medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. It all adds up really quick and can potentially put you in a bad place. If you want a team that will handle your case, big or small, and just give you some peace of mind, save this number now. 855-MD-CRASH. It's 855-632-7274. Be sure to follow them on Facebook for some fun giveaways, including tickets to some upcoming Ravens games. All right. Oh, man. Let's Here we get go. into it. Just rip the Band-Aid off. It's like a fucking onion. Let's just, just peel this thing it. back one layer at a time. It's got many layers. Yeah. Where do we even start with this? I know what we've done over the last couple of years is when we've had a big loss like this or a tough loss, we do a therapy session. I think we've done therapy 1.0, 2.0, 3. We've had a few. They're usually later in the season. They are. It's not <laughs> yeah, usually yeah. this quick. It's usually in yeah, the October into November is when we have it. I mean, this was the first Ravens lost on opening night and since 2015, six years. Even that, like the last five were all like not even close. They were right. blowouts or at least, you know. It, it had it well in hand by the time the, the final whistle blew. Exactly. And actually, you know, they, they had a 14 to nothing lead in this game, 
which John Harbaugh, since he's been the coach of the Ravens, anytime he's been up with a 14-point lead, they were 81-0. Yeah, that was a crazy stat. 81-0 until last night. So, yeah, you know, records are made to be broken and and end at some point. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, it happened on opening night. It happened in a game that I think a lot of fans out there, including all of us here in this room, except for one, Except for one, James, I'll give you a little golf clap. You got the you got the prediction right. I like the crow because I called like the hugest win amongst us. So. <laughs> yeah, you did. You called a straight blowout. I went with that whole yeah. five straight of you know blowouts. Yeah, uh, but you know it came down to a crazy one of the craziest endings to a football game I've ever seen. Uh, you talk about blood pressure, man. My blood pressure was up. My blood pressure was down. I was <laughs> yeah. all over the fucking place. My anxiety was everywhere. It was an absolutely crazy end to that game. Um, but man, where where do we start? Like we said, we gotta pull this thing back one layer at a time because there was, believe it or not, there was some good in this game. Uh, there was a lot of bad in this game. Obviously, let, let's start with the band aid, right? You gotta rip the band aid off. Obviously, the biggest issue I think for most fans out there in this game, the offensive line play. And there ain't a big enough band aid to fix what's going on right now. No, I mean we, we expected there to be some struggles with the off, offensive line, especially starting out. A lot of these guys hadn't had a lot of practice time, hadn't played together. We saw them for what that one series together when yeah, uh, when Dobbins went down. When Dobbins and, went down. I mean, what they, and I mean, they were like, even, "Fuck that, pull the plug, get yeah, them out of there." Because yeah, I think even then they were whatever that first it was. We're getting starters for one series, and that was it anyway. So once that happened, yeah, you knew that was done, right? Uh, and we had heard, you know, from other Steeler fans and whatnot out there that. Villanueva was going to be a potential problem, um, problem. <laughs> and obviously filling a big, big shoes, man. Orlando Brown held that right side of the line down for the last couple of years. Yes. And uh, it, it's it's all fine and dandy for us to say, oh, we should have never let Orlando Guerrero go and we should have signed him and everything. Financially, it just wasn't going to work. I, so and, and I, I still have the feeling of him anyway. I think if he if he wasn't traded, one, we probably we're not going to have Oway. Right. Uh, and two, he would. I, I just have a feeling he would have been one of those holdouts where it carries into the season. Exactly. And then what would you have been? You know what I mean? Then it wouldn't have been Villanueva. It would have been Andre Smith or somebody, you know, a random tackle that you don't, you don't have experience. I mean, uh, confidence in anyway. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> with Orlando. Unfortunately, very talented starting right tackles don't grow on trees. And we're finding that out kind of the hard way, especially with the budget that the Ravens have or that they've set themselves up with for that position. Um, because, I mean, Villanueva, I know he's a veteran. <clears throat> he's played most of his career at left tackle. So we knew that that was going to be adjustment. Now, yeah. he, he kind of downplayed it and said that, you know, it wasn't as much of an impact or as much of a change as, as one might think it would be. But if you're watching What's this game, <laughs> I mean, he he looked bad. And bad doesn't do it I, I, And I don't think I think if there was a situation where Stanley was, you know, on that short-term IR or whatever, and he was at left tackle, I don't think it wouldn't have done any better because right. that left tackle is natural position. Right. It just wasn't there one way or the other. And that's that's the thing with this, uh, with the offensive line play last night. It was obviously they struggled with Crosby. I mean, Crosby had, what, 14 pressures in this game <laughs> or something like that. It was ridiculous. Uh, Ngakwe was having his way over on the other side with even Ronnie Stanley. Uh, Ronnie, you know, still coming back from the ankle injury. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of practice time, didn't have a whole lot of preseason time. I'm not concerned with Ronnie Stanley. It, I think that it's will get back up enough for him. Yeah. Exactly. He, he doesn't bother me. Yeah, like a Bozeman doesn't bother me. It's everything else that right. you're, you're, you're concerned about. And I think Ngakwe had a chip on his shoulder going into this game. You know, there was a lot of talk amongst Ravens flock that, 
he flopped, that he wasn't the the trade that we all kind of expected him to be. Yeah. He kind of, you know, he in his own way said that it wasn't him, that it was more the system and how they utilized him. And I think I he's got a lot of points. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a point there, but I think he wanted to prove last night that, you know, he is still the guy that had all those sacks, you know, his first couple of years in the, the monster league. Monster in Jacksonville, for right. sure. Exactly. Um, so you had that added chip uh, going against a tackle who again is still working his way yeah, back from injury. Yeah. Uh if there's any good <laughs> Any good that you can pull from the offensive line? Uh, I was kind of, I was pretty impressed with the interior. Obviously, we had the loss uh, for Tyree Phillips goes down early in this game, which that's a big loss. I mean, I, I, I wasn't sure what the Ravens were going to do at that left guard position because it was a battle really down to the last day as yeah. to who was going to be that starting left guard. I know for me, like I, I, I was kind of interested in him getting that shot. I mean, I know kind of having him at that swing tackle spot might be better or whatever. I mean, maybe what it is what it is. But I was always, you know, I've always said, like, I kind of want to, like, let him have a shot finally to, like, have a position. And that's your position. Not a few weeks into the season, you're a starter this week, but then the following week, you're not. So it's kind of cool to finally see him get that shot. But. Obviously, <laughs> the injury kind of squashed. Yeah, unfortunately, they announced today that Phillips is going on the IR, uh, so he'll be out at least for three weeks from here on out. Uh, so hopefully the injury isn't too serious, uh, but that obviously puts us in a position where we're not real. Con- we weren't real confident with this offensive line going into the year. Now you lose that guard or swing tackle, however you wanted to use him. Uh, and now your depth at tackle is very, very thin, because right now, I mean, behind Villanueva, you know, everybody's wanting Villanueva to be replaced but and all the, that stuff. What are your the, options? The, your the, options are Macari. Offensive linemen uh, like are not just hanging out on the street. Right. Like, and not, not every position is just out there hanging out. You got a, a plethora of guys out there looking for jobs. Right. But you just, just at, when it comes to this point in the year, there's only probably like, I'd say five, six, seven really great offensive lines. And everyone else is like that, you know, that middle tier or, or you know, or worse. All right, obviously they're not giving you any talent, and so the, you know right. what I mean? there's no talent to trade either. Exactly, and I see Scott out there bringing up Ryan's boy uh, Ely, the tackle from Oklahoma. I get bringing him up and maybe getting him a little bit of work, but he is in no position to be starting right now. He no. is a developmental tackle. He is no better than a Villanueva would be out there right no. now. So the in, that's the problem is right now there's not a whole lot of internal options that are going to be a better replacement for Villanueva. Go ahead, Ryan. There was one really big internal option that's out on the street this week with Ben Cleveland not being active. I can't imagine how that monster of a man has not managed to be on the 53, whether you're moving a different guard out to tackle what you're doing. If he's not involved in this line, we really screwed up this draft. Agreed, and I think he's he's he needs some work. Uh, and I trust the the Ravens coaching staff to get that right. Uh, and I trust their opinions that if they don't feel like he's ready to be out there, then they're you, you know you that know, says something. You know why he wasn't out there, right? For for Ben Cleveland, why ben. concussion still? Is he still dealing with that? Okay, yeah, that's why he was inactive. <clears throat> well, there's part of that, and then it's it's also like and, he and just that, that worries me though. Yeah. Yeah, long term. the long-term effects mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, then even just in general, I think of somebody like that. Okay, so say, you know, week four, he's he's out of the protocols or he's he's good to go. All right, well, that's still another offensive lineman that has to get right. <laughs> some practice and get up to snuff and, like, 
it, it's still just throwing someone out to the wolves anyway. Right. Which is what we're talking about. But I mean, this game, it was just, it was so telling because really the, the, the Raiders didn't blitz very much in this I, game. Literally, I think they had like three or four actual blitz packages yeah. that they, they ran. Exactly. But they didn't have to didn't because have they to. were creating their own pressure. Crosby was in the backfield all game long. <clears throat> so it's, it's, that goes to show that this, this offensive line's got a long way to go, especially on those tackles to improve. Yeah. Cause even, I mean, even late, I mean, the funny part of it is not that they were injured, but they lost Ngakwe and McCoy. Right. And like that's after they left, that's when the fumble happened, you know, late. It's like it was still pressure without two of the guys that were, you know, create the pressure. Right. Yeah, that's true. Any uh, comments out there? Good. Yeah, I got Kaylee on the board here. Kaylee, <laughs> even Texas last night. <laughs> I agree. Oh my God, I wanted to rip Crosby's face off my I TV. Agree. I she was it. really worried about all the t- I, all the talking he was doing, the smug ass look on his face, and we couldn't do shit about it. There so two, I don't know what's going there on. There was two things I wanted to stop hearing. I wanted he to stop hearing the, the name Crosby. I wanted to stop hearing the fact that the Ravens didn't have had lost their three running backs. In the yeah. last couple of weeks, like we got it when it's the seventh time in the first quarter, like we got it. All right. So let's 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 again peeling this onion back <laughs> one layer at a time. Let's talk a little bit about the running backs then, because the only running back that was on that field last night that had any kind of time with the team or any kind of experience with the team. And that's a very limited amount of experience with the team. Tyson Williams yeah. looked good in the first half. I mean, you know, he had obviously had the the thirty five yard touchdown was, on the was fourth and one. It was real confusing how it kind of played out, but yeah, and that did look real impressive at first. Like it, it, it definitely didn't look like it was too big for the moment. Nine carries. I mean, he had seven rushes, sixty four yards in the touchdown in the first half. He had two carries, one yard in the second half. It's again in a in a, <laughs> when your bread and butter is the running game. Right. And I understand that the depth behind them didn't have a whole lot of experience. Latavius Murray didn't have a whole lot of experience. Cannon, he gone. He yeah, was in there for one game. Davis. They released yeah. him already. I don't know what was faster, him getting released or that video you shared us. <laughs> They're both about equal. You should see the other uh, six he sent me. <laughs> <laughs> He's fast. But the point is, the, the point is, like, their bread and butter is the running game. Yeah. And Williams showed that he could do it. Not only carrying the ball but he could catch the ball out of the backfield um i think he had some some mishaps in protection and that pass pro and i get that but at the same time yes that is part of the game and i'm not going to really excuse him for it but when you're when you're literally the only running back that's still in camp because let's just say murray never had a camp with us i mean right what i'll practice yeah i'll practice you're the only running back that's really been in, in camp that's there you, I mean, it's, I'm not saying you, you shouldn't know how to be able to pra- uh, pass pro, but it shouldn't be your job because you would expect the offensive line to be better than it was. Right. So it's like, I, I get it. It's it's part. It's yeah. a facet of the game. I'm not giving him a huge pass, but for Christ's sakes, he's an undrafted running back in his first start. <laughs> right. Yeah. If, if the run, if the lineman's that bad that you need the, an extra pass protector on every play, it's Pat Ricard and Pat Ricard only. Like, what are we doing? He's, he's basically a lineman. But he ends up being tight end, end too yeah. <laughs> because he had, like, six attempts at him, which is mind-blowing that he was tight end, too. I, I just I just don't get it. And 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 it seems like seems like Harbaugh's got two different standards. If you're a running back and you fumble, we're never going to see you again. And the fumble was bullshit anyway. He was basically standing out of bounds before that ball came out of out of his arms. Right. He was already tied up. The lost momentum already happened. I don't even know why the ref dropped the beanbag. If it would have been reviewed, it would not have been a, a turnover. Right. Yeah. And yet they don't see him again. But Lamar can fumble all the time. We're not going to do anything to him. So, like, just, just put your running back back in there, bro. You have no other option. Yeah. We're not yeah, the Patriots. Can't we can't go 16. And the right. problem is it just it, it was another, like, It'd be one thing if it wasn't just another Ravens 
uh, mo. Yeah, you're you're something's working. Right. Russia's outright abandoned it. Yeah, the passing game was actually working pretty crisp there in, in the first half. But it's like eh, you can't you can't abandon it. Right. I just it's what we always do. Exactly. And it's it. I understood that like we didn't know what to expect out of Tyson, but immediately he was impactful and yeah. he looked good in the running game. So again, to get away from that didn't make any sense to me. The whole Harbaugh thing, I understand that he's you know he's got the Harbaugh doghouse and all that stuff, but. When your options are as limited as they are at running back, yeah. you can't hold that account accountable. You got to keep that doghouse on the porch. You can't <laughs> let them go too far. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And what, what gets me is like these elite quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Like when you're throwing the ball and your uh, and your wide receiver, your number one wide receiver is dropping the ball, like Waller was dropping the ball. You, right. you got to keep on feeding him, even though he's a running back. You got to give him the ball to say, "Hey, we we rely on you." You're going to get the rock when needed. If not, he's going to be on the sideline like, hey, you know, they're not going to put me in. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, let's talk uh, a little bit about the receiving in this game because we'll, we'll get to Lamar here in a second. But uh, obviously one of the big things was how was this receiving core going to be? Obviously with the injuries that we've had, uh, some of the new pieces, we got a Sammy Watkins in there. How's he going to fit into the system? Honestly, all in all, if we're going to pull anything positive away from the offense – I think the wide receivers did their job in this game and exactly. looked good. Yeah. I think they did. I was I was I was real impressed with Watkins at sitting there. West. one of those things with you know enough about Watkins, you're worried about the injuries and stuff. But I know that's in the back of our mind. But what you saw on the field was like oh, yeah. another. You know what I mean? Like another receiver that's with Hollywood. So it makes you think even better if you know you can get Bateman back incorporated. It makes you feel better about Brown not having to be that number one option because you don't really feel like. Well, he's fans wise. You don't really feel like he's number one anyway. But when he's got that other guy, it's amazing because right. it's a lot less pressure off of him, and he had a lot of good plays, especially at touchdown. Right, and that's that's what this offense has been missing. Is they've been missing that second wide receiver to be able to take that pressure off of Hollywood, and you saw that in the game because. Hollywood had six targets in this game. He had six catches in yeah. this game. Yeah. And he was no working the the soft spot in the zone. So he he was being able to find spots, which is what some of the the the, the issues that I had with Hollywood in the past was him just not finding getting open. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got yeah. the speed, he's got all the intangibles, but the the whole kind of like we talk about with Mark Andrews and kind of what he does for Lamar is if a play breaks down, he'll get himself open and and find his way in front of Lamar's yeah, vision. Yeah. That's never been Hollywood's thing. Hollywood runs his route, and if he's not hit with the ball, then he gives up on his route. He doesn't come back. You saw that in this game. He was able to work into space, get open, and, and, and Lamar found And you saw from him. Watkins, too, because yeah. he's used to that in Kansas City, let's be honest. like right. It's the same thing with, with uh, Pat. He runs around back there, and then you you got to get open because the play is different at that point. It's not the same route. you got break off right and that's what we never saw really out of like the sneeds and and the old guard of wide receivers we've had in the past right that's very under true. lamar yeah well the his number one receiver <laughs> tight end mark andrews uh i mean Why? where's the uh missing posters where's the missing like he had milk that, cartons? If, he, if he catches that ball in overtime it, it, you definitely feel like that game could have been a whole lot different yeah i mean that that's that goes for hard first down that there. way right i mean there's there's a lot of little things that, that could have gone this yeah. way or could have gone that way in the game i mean we had plenty of opportunities yeah, to yes, win this yes, game yes but again this has kind of been mark andrews mo is and for a lot of fans out there that their one issue with him is that he tends to drop balls in big situations 
And this was a big situation. Exactly. I got Jacob Paul here say, by the way, when Andrews is going to step up in a big game and make a play, he's invisible in big games and always crucial drops. You know, this is the biggest game for Andrews. We've seen it many times. He ghosts for the Chiefs game coming up. So we're going to quickly, we'll have a chance to redeem himself. But if he ghosts again, it's like... What? What? Why can you not perform in these games? It really starts to become a, a narrative, like it was for Lamar. Yeah, I wouldn't consider this first game a big game per se. It's still Monday it was a, night. It was a it was, a, it was a Monday night football opener. game, and it was a big situation. That yeah, he should have had that catch. It would have been a big first down, and we'd be talking probably more about a Ravens win. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. And and what's crazy is though is I just didn't see a whole lot of Lamar looking his way now. That's a good thing, honestly. Lamar is a there's a whole nother onion. Let's <laughs> let's pull that label back in this game because ogres and onions. I'm not Liars. I'm not gonna see sit here and rip apart Lamar in this game because I don't think anything Lamar did in this game was negative outside of the fumbles. Yeah, the fumbles, the fumbles yeah, obviously. The Especially fumbles the problem. first one, which was bad. Right. The fumbles are a problem, but I blame that more on the offensive line than I do on Lamar. He's got to hold on to the ball. I get that. I understand that. But he had zero time. And I think that was part of his struggles even through the air trying to, trying to throw the ball was he couldn't go through his progressions. One of the things that we talk about with him is one of the areas that he needs to improve on is being able to go through his progressions, find his open man, and, and throw yeah. the ball. Yeah. You've got to have time to be able to do that. Lamar would drop back in the pocket, and by the time he would stop and set himself, he had to make a quick decision. It was either find that first read or run. And think of it if, it, if he wasn't a running quarterback or it was this one of those games where you're like, uh, you're going to refuse to be have quarterback runs regardless because you want to prove something. It would have been like 10 sacks. Right. <laughs> 10 sacks. And we would have we've gotten blown out uh-huh. in this game. If that quarterback behind there was anybody other than Lamar Jackson, we get blown out the, in this the touchdown. Game. Hollywood is, is the definition of what we're talking about. Exactly. Good run. Uh, I got Garnett West here. Uh, he says they started to sniff out the pistol real fast. Yep. We need to involve a scheme in the running a little bit because we're blowing up in the backfield. How many times do we hear in the offseason that Lamar was going to be under center? Did anybody see it last night? No. <laughs> I don't, we just keep running the same thing. It's it's a pistol or a gun. Like, what? this is the same thing. Don't call it different things, bro. It's the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Yep. So I just don't get it. I don't know how. We can't get to that. I think that he, with his speed, you look at the bootleg out of the out up from under center too. Right. It would be a whole different thing. I don't understand. People are are hating on Roman, saying that you know he's out of tricks. He's done. There's no. There's nothing else. They can't figure out Lamar because of his athletic talent. You figure him out, and he still gets around you. But you can certainly figure out Roman to find yeah, out where they're going. Exactly. Right. That was always. I was thinking that. Going into the day because I was. It's not figuring out Lamar. We can yeah. stop calling it Lamar. You figured out Roman. <laughs> yeah, you right. keep hearing that. Yeah, yeah. That was you a- can know exactly what Lamar's doing. He's gonna make you look stupid. We saw that last yeah. night. The, you know, those golden shoes dance around a bunch of people. Yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. So the, the only thing with Lamar is, and this again, this still comes back to the, the the offensive line is that when he feels pressured and when he feels like he's not co- comfortable. He gets happy feet. His feet don't get set, and he just starts to shuffle around, and then he becomes almost hesitant on his throws because he feels like he's got to get the ball out quick. So he'll do this almost like like it kind of darts down. Yeah, it's it's almost like yeah, that's exactly that's a great analogy. It almost looks like he's throwing a dart instead of him actually going through his motions. He's throwing this dart, and it ends up being either short or behind a receiver, or it's just that's where he loses his accuracy. Uh, I think back to like. Was it two years? Was it last year? Or two years ago, the the season opener against the Dolphins, right? And he had yeah, all those yards. He yeah. threw all those touchdowns to Hollywood in his first game and all that stuff. 
The big difference in that was one, obviously the offensive line, but just his comfort in the pocket. He would drop back, stand still. His base was centered. His base was calm and he could make every throw on the football field. And you see that in in many games when he's felt that way. Mm -hmm. It's the games like this where he's got no protection. His feet get happy and he can't. He, he can't use his bottom half to throw the ball that he struggles uh, on some of those like yeah, small, that, short Yeah, that just routes. adds to the scariness that fans are going to have about the O-line because it just doesn't feel like <laughs> – or is it something where, you know, the first three, four games, you know, you're gelling and maybe things work after that, but then at, at that point are you – you know what I mean? Are you at one and three or oh and four or something like that? And you know what I mean? Right. Like it, it, it could be too little too late. Right. So it, it, I don't have an answer, <laughs> right? But it is. It's it, it, when he's uh, when there's a lot less pressure. It, it's it's like any quarterback, right? And, and the thing with this is, like I told you, they only blitzed two or three times in this game. Yeah. Talking about the Raiders, but Lamar was pressured almost fifty five percent of his snaps with, last night with three blitzes. Like, with three blitzes, fifty five percent. That means more than half of the time he was having to, to scramble. He was having to run. He was having to have ad lib. Whereas Derek Carr was only pressured 20% of the time. And we blitz a whole lot more. Exactly. <laughs> like the second most blitzes last year. Oh, man. So blitzing. Year. All right. Let's, let's, let's go on to the <laughs> other side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, because <sighs> Wink Martindale, we all love Wink. We've all been a big fan of Wink, but he is very uh, risk-reward. <laughs> yeah. You know, he does a lot of, of risky things, and sometimes he'll, he'll fall on the sword. Uh, with some with some questionable decisions, and there was a lot of cover zero in this game. A lot of prevent. Well, not even no, not prevent. I'm talking cover zero where the safeties are in. You have nobody on the back end, and it's man coverage. And Derek Carr picked us apart. Yeah, yeah that works when you have all your studs, but without them, it don't work. Exactly. Right. I mean, exactly. you got no Jimmy Smith in this game. We all knew that Darren Waller was going to be. Hard to do. Priority with. number one for this defense to stop. But there were certain things that, and they, they even talked about it in the game, that would have helped. You know, if, if you get a chip on, Dar- on Darren Waller at the line, slow him down, slow his progression time, that gives your defensive line and that pass rush a little bit more time to get that pressure, and it throws off the chemistry between him and Derek Carr. But they let him run free yeah. way too often. They even, they, they, like, the. <laughs> And it, not even it was mainly him. Like he even gave you some gifts where it was like he should he should have like four more catches. Right there were oh the, yeah maybe I don't know if he got four drops credit to him, but he, he had a, there was like four times where I'm like if he would have caught that that would have been another twenty yards. At easily could have had 150 to 200 yes, yards yeah, receiving I mean, in that game. Nineteen targets. Yes, That's nineteen targets. Ridiculous. Four uh, three or four drops in this game. Yeah. and still had a monster yeah. game. Uh, it's hard. We, still, we, it, it pains me to think that that guy slipped through. Don't worry, we have Kelsey this week. I know, and that's yeah. the thing. We've got Kelsey, yeah. we've got Hawkinson, we've got a, a a slew of some of the type t- top tight ends coming in. Ryan would talked about that so much, and I, I, not that I I denied what he was saying, but I mean, after watching this game, I bought in. I'm like, yeah, these next these tight end matchups, these first month of the season, and that goes back to what I was Even saying the before. Scary I mean, Hawkinson, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I was going back to before is why I said the importance of Jimmy Smith specifically against the tight ends. Uh, is is immeasurable like it's it really is Patrick Queen looked good in this game on some plays you know he's he's getting more is instinctual and I think he's following his instincts a little bit more but in coverage he's still questionable yeah, he's still there but it's, it felt 
a little bit different because normally when that kind of happens, it's kind of like he disappears completely. Right. Like, he didn't disappear completely in this one. Right. No, that's 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 Which definitely true. Thing. That's definitely true. But their offense, yes, it lives through Darren Waller, but they have weapons everywhere. They've got multiple weapons at wide receiver. Like with, even when they don't want to use the wide receivers, like Renfro doing that cross. I mean, that's just. It yep. seems to bite us in the ass anyway if it's not a tight end. Right. And, and we didn't know what the – we hadn't seen yet what, what the impact was going to be like not having Marcus Peters out there uh, you know, and having to rely on an Anthony Averett, which I don't think Anthony Averett played bad. And I'm not going to shred the secondary, even though we gave up, what, 435 yards through the air in this game. It's a lot of yardage. I'm not going to blame the secondary as much on that as I am going to – Blame Wink. I think some of the, the the calls that he made, like I said, having a lot of cover zero in there, uh, it just I think that's more where the blame needs to go. I think Marlon Humphrey did everything he could in this game. I mean, that, he was all and, over the field. And that's the problem with and not a problem really against Marlon. If, I mean, you can take it that way if anybody wants to, but that's the problem with Marlon. Like when you you no Peters and no Smith, he has to do like Everything right. He has to cover so, the go-to guy. He you know was what I mean? in the like, slot. Doing something outside. else. You have to take this. Someone else has to take this. I can't do right. everything. I know he's the scapegoat on the touchdown to win the game and all that stuff. He got bumped, and it was a great play design and a great play call by the Raiders, considering how crazy of an ending that was and how much of a shit show that was with running the field goal team on out there and then not because they got the five yard penalty and then <laughs> next thing you know fucking touchdown it was an absolutely insane well, I, ending of that game i just, just want to say i th- i think personally wink lost the game at the end anyways because yeah. i can't fucking stand prevent defense you had 37 seconds left and you let this team drive down the fucking field that game was over yeah. once it was in field goal range like if even like Prevent, you're giving them yards. Like, before, if you, you got to put some pass rush, not give up field. Like, and you couldn't ice their kicker. They, they ice their own kicker and still end up winning the game. <laughs> That's by what I'm saying. Like, it, I'm sorry. I can't stand prevent. I, I fucking can't. can't stand with 37 seconds. 37 seconds. There's no the reason that we should have lost that game with that. And bombs. And then no timeout still. Right, right. I, I just can't stand it. Car was absolutely unstoppable. I think that it was like... 17 of 19 or something at one point. It was crazy. Yeah. Car, car looked what good. What's my but, ass about Car is he's going to go like disappear in like a few games. Oh, yeah, like, he will. But when he's good, he is good. Stuff in game one. This, this goes to show you Derek Carr can be a good quarterback when given time. Yeah. And he was given a ton yes, of time in this game. Now, granted, early on in the game, first half, it wasn't great for Derek Carr. It wasn't great for their offense. Justin Houston was able to get in the backfield. Uh, Oway was all over the place. Oway was all it. over the field. He did get his first career sack, so he's already got more sacks nice than he had. Too, he was like, it got past him, but it didn't. Like, then right. he backtracked and showed that speed and got to him. Exactly. Justin Houston could have had a sack, but he fell off, and I think uh, McPhee gobbled it up. He should have had a sack. Yeah, yeah, it would have been him, but McPhee got it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there was pressure early on, but in that second half, they gave up 327 yards after halftime yeah and it was where everything changed it, it seemed like all the play calling changed I, I i don't know what happened People got tired yeah right i mean how often especially since lamar's taken over how often have we been able to say that the ravens lost time of possession yeah, they exactly. lost time of possession this game. it never happens why because we control the game through the run game what did we not do in this game? We didn't run the fucking ball. We didn't control clock. The defense was out there too much. Like you said, they got gassed. Questionable play calling. 
Uh, I saw somebody else make a comment in there. If we're going to, <laughs> we're going to criticize anybody in the secondary. Tavon Young did not look very good in this game. Uh, yeah, he he got not on some all. of those cover cover zeros. They were specifically attacking him, yeah. and he got beat at least twice, if not three times, on those cover zeros. Uh, so Tavon Young again, another guy that. Injury prone. We don't know where he's at. If he's still, if he's a hundred percent healthy, if he's still working his way back in, because uh, he was a good player before the injury, yeah, but yeah. it's been so long since he's been that player. And even yeah, before last year, it was he was playing good until the injury. Yeah. Right, right. Real quick, good James. I just want to put this in. Um, I think the reason why I'm blurry is because of Fred. He's not moving. So <laughs> like zoomed into him. He so. seems pretty pissed off. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, but. I don't know if anybody watched the ESPN with uh, Peyton Manning or Eli. If you get a chance, watch it because they do really great things. Because when um, they had Kelsey on, when Humphreys got hurt, they were like, watch this. They're going to attack whoever's coming in for Humphrey. And it did. Uh, whoever was uh, out there that was supposed to be, that took uh, Humphrey's spot. Right. Eli, I mean, not Eli, Peyton and Kelsey, like, they're going to attack that that guy that just came in and exactly what he did. So if anybody gets a chance and watch the ESPN with uh, Peyton Manning and his brother and then they had guests on, it's great if you want to have the football analytics and storytelling and get through tonight. It, it was great. I know you guys yeah. couldn't watch it because, you you know, the game gets to you, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I think it was it was. Yeah, great. I'm definitely going to have to check it out the next time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, again, the pressure wasn't there in the second half. What wasn't there from a pressure standpoint either, which I was kind of surprised in, was there wasn't much from the interior of the defensive line. You know, we talked a little bit about Justin Houston getting some pressure, Pernell McPhee being back there, and, and obviously Owe making an impact. But those were all from the outside, the edges, right? That's been the biggest question mark over the years has been the pressure from the outside. Well, in this game, you didn't hear Bad beast. Yeah. You didn't know, hear, yeah. you know, Calais Campbell. You didn't hear. Not that they had bad games. You just didn't get that interior pressure. And that's where Carr just had. There's different too stories. Much time. Like normally, when you don't hear the names, it's actually a good thing because right. they gobbled up everything else for everybody. Right. Exactly. It didn't seem like that at all. Now, granted, they did good against the run. Yeah. I think, other than the Mariota run, which I think Mariota's run was like, what, a 35 yard? Yeah. So <laughs> they only really gave up 50 something yeah, yards yeah, rushing really. outside of that one play. Uh, so they did good against the run, but I personally have higher expectations from the interior of that defensive yeah, line to great, create sacks and to create that pressure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say really about the defense. Uh, like I, I said, like I said before the show, I mean, I'm not going to give the defense a pass and I'm not going to sit there and give you know everyone a good grade. But I guess comparable to the offensive line, it just doesn't scare me as much. Right. Because I do trust Wink. I do. I mean, is I mean, if the injuries keep minimized, I mean that's your worry now with having so many injuries in the off season right before the season. I think if 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 the injuries are minimized, then it's a lot less panic with the defense for me. Right. But ah, that offensive line is way worse to me than the defense. Yeah. I mean, we had question marks about the offensive line. I just didn't think we'd have question marks about the defensive line. Yeah. Well, William Sable's got a good point. We yeah. haven't talked about Derek Wolf missing this yep. game. Yep. Huge yep. part of that defensive line not showing up. A hundred percent. Yep. I yep. mean, that's that he's a key cog not being out there. Uh, I don't know what his status is, if he's going to be ready for next week or not. Uh, but yeah, I just, I expected, like we, we talked about our, you know, projections and our predictions for the end of the year. I expect big things 
uh, Adam Adebike, and I don't know who said it in there, but you didn't see him a ton out of the field, really. Uh, he was out there, but he wasn't out there a ton. Um, I just expect bigger things from him. I thought we'd create a lot especially more pressure. Us. Yeah, specifically <laughs> yeah, especially us. Specifically us. So, right. yeah. yeah, it was a little let down. That's yeah. one of those things we see. Yeah, you didn't see his name as much, and you didn't, it wasn't a lot of positives out of him. So Now, with all that said, <laughs> with all that said, it's one game. It's the first game. It is now a 17-game schedule. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you got 16 more of these things to go. I'm not ready to jump ship on the Ravens. It was a gut check, and it was a reality check. And, you know, it, it gives us at least a status of where things are with this team. And we're sorry, what, James. What needs to be improved on. And, yeah, we're sorry for not taking your predictions right. serious I mean, you there, a, James. You took it to I a three-no prediction last week, so it I is told, what it is. I told you to – the Raiders offense it can be explosive. Yeah. No, that's the thing. And that's what I was trying to say is Derek Carr can be a great quarterback if he's given the time. And now he's got weapons all over the field. You know what I mean? So I, I agree with you. And their defense got better compared to last year. And <laughs> Crosby looks like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and their defensive head coach is the the head coach that was with uh the Chargers when they beat Lamar in the playoffs. Right. Well, the reason I'm saying this, again, it's one week. Well, this so, week's not going to get any better. <laughs> no, I know. We're getting there. Do you think people are overreacting to this loss? Or is there actual concern now with the potential of being a division winner, the potential of playoff run? Like, are you concerned with the way that this roster is constructed right now? I, our fan base naturally has always seems overreactive anyway. Right. You could win four in a row, and then the next game, that, that game – that you lose, you completely forgot what you did yeah. in the four. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? Right. So I, I think it's, I don't think it's an overreaction, but I don't think you can't. I'm, I'm not gonna say it right because you're gonna be overreacting. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. You can't underreact to it either. It's not. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and say everything looked great, but they also could have won the damn game. Right. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things bounce a different way. They make three pick. You know what I mean? Like things can go a different way for them. Right. Yeah. You got to remember that. And that, that, sadly, that's kind of what happens in Ravens games when they lose. You think, well, but if that would have happened, it would have been a lot different. It just it comes to a problem of the depth at like line at the offensive line. I don't know if you can fix that. Right. I got you. And that becomes I, my my bigger worry. Good, James. I just want to bring in say we have to bring back reality. It's going to be a long season for the Ravens. I'm sorry. Like. I would love, like we talked about, I love the Ravens to go 17-0, but with all our injuries, the next four games is going to, like, going to tell us about what our season is, and Greg Roman's probably going to be, his job's going to be on the line by week four, but our running backs, our offensive line, and our defense having suspects, like, our fairy tale just went to reality, and it's going to be a long season. And it's going to look ugly for the Ravens. I'm just letting you know that. Now, I I, I, I want to also point out to people that was something on my mind before I came in today. Let's also look at just the just the conference. The Browns also lost. Right. Pittsburgh didn't. Well, look, they looked great. They looked, but they still lost. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they, they played still a lost, great team, though. But if they, they still lost. Great team. So if we beat Kansas City, who looks better? Us or the beat, Browns? Not, That's such a Raven beat, thing we'll to do. The Ravens are going to fucking lose to the Raiders and then somehow figure yeah. it out and beat the fucking well, Chiefs. My, my point though. being, my uh, point being, with the reacting smartly, you're not the only one that lost. Right. They 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 lost. The Bills lost. Yeah. And I mean, they, you know, Pittsburgh didn't. Pittsburgh defense was really great. The offense wasn't. Right. You know what I mean? So the Bills lost. 
Uh, TJ Watt's going to eat Tennessee Lamar and Indi- Tennessee and Indianapolis lost. It's one game. It is still one game. It looks but bad, but if you beat that's what I'm saying. If you beat Kansas City, though, but hold, hold on, how does that make you worse? Our division right now, the Browns and the and the Steelers are licking their chops. Garrett is licking his chops. Cloudy is licking his chops. T.J. Watt is going to lick his chops it's, right it's now. It's more about we the have, offensive line than the rest of the game. We have yep. no yep. offensive line. Lamar's going to be running for his life. It's going to look like the, the Chiefs Super Bowl listen, all year. I, there's, <laughs> we need a miracle. I th- Listen, hold on. We don't need a miracle. Right. I, I think there are some things that can happen. There are definitely, and we saw it towards the end of the game where – uh, they would bring, like you said earlier, they would bring Ricard out as a tight end too, and he would be used to chip against the end that was giving him fits. There are solutions internally that we have. Now, there were some moves today. Uh, Cannon was released, and um, what was the other move? There were two moves today. I can't think of the other one. Well, I know they restructured no, Marlowe's deal. That was it. They restructured Marlowe's deal. How much money it created. It created like $1.8 million in space is what it created. So now there's, there's four open f- spots on the 53-man roster, which I'm assuming at least one of those is going to be occupied by I'm either Le'Veon Bell or, or Devontae Freeman off the practice squad. Maybe DeCosta's working on something to bring an outside, you know, a, a, a tackle on somebody's practice squad, a tackle on somebody's, you know, depth chart that they have that maybe that we're not aware of. I, offensive linemen, like I said before, are not growing on trees, especially ones that can come in and be a starter right away. So anybody they're bringing in, unless they have familiarity in this system, is going to be a project going to take them time to learn the offense. But I, I believe in, in Eric DaCosta, I believe in this organization that they will get it figured out. It is week one. What was it in 2019? We were two and two and got our asses kicked in by the Browns. And then we went off and ran 12 in a row and went 14 and two in that season. I'm not saying that we're, that, that's, we're going to repeat history or anything like that. Obviously, you got a big matchup coming up this week, the Chiefs. That's not going to be easy. And I think all of us in the room in here are not feeling good about this matchup coming up. But even, even if, worst case scenario, you start this year 0 and 2. I still believe in this team, and I still think that there's ways to get this but done. But you have to be two and two. I'm fully with you that if we lose this week, it's fine. But but when you look at the, then the the Lions and the Broncos after that, right. if you're not two and two, anything else, it, you're you're not meeting your goals. Uh, it's still not going to be a long season, like James says. No, We're going to win plenty of games, but you're not winning playoff games if you're not two and two. I, I agree with you. If we get to week three and week four, and we're losing to teams like the Broncos and the Lions, we got bigger issues than I ever could have imagined. But I think there are ways to make this offense successful. And and, and I don't care what offensive line we're running behind. As long as we've got Lamar Jackson at quarterback, I will always bet on him. And I will always believe in what he can do because he is a human video game out there. He makes things happen, right? Uh, And again, we were 37 seconds away from winning that game with a shit show offensive line. (laughs) 37 seconds away. We did not get blown out in this game. We had multiple chances to win in this game. It's not how you wanted to win. I mean, we all, you and I specifically, thought we would win this game pretty handedly. But either way, we were down to the wire and had 37 seconds left in the game. If we make one stop there, yeah, but you can we're not also, even talking about it. You can also reverse it and say if Waller and, and Derek Carr did preseason games and were together, Waller could have ate our defenses up last night. So it works both ways. No, I got you. I got early by Waller himself. I got got two quick thoughts on on linemen here. Um, Number one, 
the the hope for a trade for Lyman in my head was mostly with Houston, who we thought was selling everyone, and now they just won out the gate and look great. So you might have lost your chance to be selling everyone, but there was a really good offensive lineman sitting out last night, and they don't seem to need him because they played pretty well. Do you reach out for Richie Incognito? Try to get him at the oh, end of his man. career. Well, he was hurt. Hey, that crazy strong motherfucker. I he, mean, he might be nuts, but he is a football player. Yeah, he, but he's he's hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. He's a guard, too. He's not a tackle. So I think we're okay. Okay, not great. We're okay in the interior of the, of the offensive line. It has been since day one that my concern was going to be offensive tackle and the depth there. And right now, it's, I mean, we're going away the depth. <laughs> yeah, I know. Villanueva was a guy that I thought would be enough. I thought he'd be enough to get us over. I knew there was going to be obviously a couple steps back from what Orlando Brown was, but he looked and it's awful last night. And I'll put it this way: he, he looked awful. Uh, if it was like Andre Smith, where you were paying like a million dollars or whatever, right? You go, oh, makes sense. You know, you paid like eight million dollars to bring him in, right? <laughs> I know that's hard to not think about, and like when you see that play. You absolutely have to have better play on that right side of the line because. You got Chris Jones coming in here next week with with Kansas City, right? You're going to have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney twice. You're going to have TJ Watt and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon looked damn good for the Steelers. Ingram. 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 I keep thinking of the running back. Melvin Ingram looked really good for the Steelers, right? And you're going to have to face them twice. So you've got quite a bit of a challenge when it comes to you know, outside linebacker play and defensive end play that that right tackle position has to be upgraded. James? Just just hear me out. Don't, Go ahead. I'm just saying, if we're 0 and 4 by by, I think the last game is Denver. I think we play uh, the Lions and then Denver. The Lions, Denver. Lions, Denver. Game if, five if, is Indianapolis. If, which Denver is much better? Yeah, it's much if better. You're 0 3. Hold on. So <laughs> we're at 0 and 4. Greg Lions, Roman. Guys. Greg Roman's is is lost his job. Whoever he brought in, it's gonna um, take over for him. But I'm I'm just saying, I think it's time to turn the wheels and switch from defense to offense. I think it's time to sell these defensive players off, get draft picks, build an offensive line, and move on with our offense compared to our defense because I think we got to change. If you do you have Lamar, young, good offensive players. If you want Lamar as your, as your franchise quarterback, you got to protect them. I 100% you agree with weapons, that. Weapons, and you want to change from offense to defense, I think you need to start shipping these players out. Maybe ship Peters out, well, uh, Humphreys. Put the money on the offensive side. Let the defense be a little bit here and there and move on from there. But it, it could be rough. If we're 0-4, Greg Romans is definitely going to lose his job. And I don't think not, we'll, and there's a chance in hell we'll be 0-4, but if we are 0-4, we will absolutely revisit this conversation yeah. because, I, I honestly, if we are 0-4 and we just lost to the Lions and the Broncos, yeah. I'm at that point. They're not losing to the Lions. If we're at 0-3, we're going to be having that conversation. Yeah, I agree. They're not losing to the Lions. The Broncos aren't aren't the problem. If you're going to pay Lamar, you got to protect him. And we've been saying that. What did we talk about the entire draft show that we did? I mean, granted, thank God we didn't end up getting Jenkins like we all wanted to because he's got back (laughs) surgery and he's had some issues. But the point was we all wanted offensive line. For those first three, four rounds in the draft, that's all we kept talking about was offensive line. And we didn't get it, right? And and we're paying for that now. Uh, no, we got a fullback that got cut. In the Great decision. Round. He's in gone. Let, it go. <laughs> Let that one go. Uh, uh, my, my rebuttal to James would be, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. And then I'm also thinking of the fact that like uh, guys like Calais, Brandon, and Jimmy, well, those contracts were just 
be out because that'd be their their final year. There's gonna be like some that. money so freeing have, up. There'll yes. be money freed up and the then the cap jumping. Now granted everyone else's cap jumps too. You wouldn't be the only one, but you will have that cap jump with more fans and the or the new T V deals with either next year or the year after. Then so, you'll have those contracts off. So but I'm with you then that's you know, your focus needs to become offense because if you're going to have the franchise quarterback, it's almost you've got to protect them and you got to give them the weapons. And that goes back to can't miss in the draft and some of these wasted picks and stuff that we had to you. You, you know, if you're going to be shifting that money to the offensive side of the ball, then your draft picks that you're picking for the defensive side of the ball got to hit and they got to be impactful. Good, Ryan. <laughs> I'm just laughing at William Sable. We're already at the fire harms. Fire the enemy. Away. We're getting there. Never gonna go away. <laughs> yeah. So, like we said. Chiefs are coming to town. Uh, obviously, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. The offense is the offense. But I really think the biggest concern right now going into this game is still our offensive line, especially going against a guy like Chris Jones because that guy is an absolute yeah, monster. I feel like if if the pressure is different, which we, at this point, no, we don't expect it to be any different than what happened with the Raiders. But if the pressure is different and he has time, you can throw on this team, I think, a little bit. Right. I mean, Baker proved it. Yeah, I mean they're in out there. They're opportunistic. Baker looks great in that he game. Did. They're opportunistic. Obviously, they got the the pick to seal the game. Right, like it's an opportuni- opportunistic defense, but it's the pass rush that is the biggest worry. Right. Yeah. Well, granted, they didn't have the honey badger out there. He yeah. wasn't playing, uh, so that makes him a little more susceptible. I don't yeah. know if he'll play this week or not. They haven't well, said. I think it was just COVID related. Was so that COVID I, related? I, yeah. I wasn't hundred percent sure. Uh, but either way, uh, the Chiefs, as Lamar has said a million times, that they, they are our kryptonite, and he is 0-3 against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I'm not feeling real confident going into this game, uh, especially you got a guy like Travis Kelsey. We just saw what Darren Waller did to us, and that was dropping three or four balls. You get a guy like Travis Kelsey. He ain't going to drop him. If Jimmy Smith isn't healthy and isn't ready to go this week, and we're dealing with the same defensive backs and the same, I'm concerned. Yes. I'm concerned. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a high-scoring game, uh, and the Ravens, historically against them, haven't been able to keep pace with a high-scoring game, especially against the Chiefs. So I don't know. I'm not feeling real confident going into this game. Ryan, what's your what's your don't give me a prediction yet, but what's your meter? Where are you at with this game going into it? <laughs> you said it's the Chiefs, right? Yeah. No, until they fucking show me, we lose the Chiefs every time. I'm not I I can't I can't get on board. <laughs> we haven't seen any of our stars do anything to them. So I just it's it's not a reality. Their their coach is better, their quarterback's better, their tight end's better. It is what it is. James. What are you feeling? Maybe Patrick Mahomes can get COVID this week. Yeah, that's the only shot. That's the only shot. No. I, I, like that's that's what I'm trying to do. Football teams. We're, we're, we're all Ravens fans first and foremost, right? So we're all going to be that's pulling. That's the only option. I can't, I can't wait to be there. Please, I'm, COVID. I'm so I'm excited for the game. Like It, it hasn't dampered my you know excitement for the game. Still excited for everything. It's just I'm trying to sell myself a path on how we do this, and I would gladly be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. I mean, regardless, (laughs) if if we would have came out and won this game by two touchdowns, uh, when it came to our picks, I probably was going with the Chiefs anyway because it's exactly what you said. Until you you beat them, you got to prove it to me. Is there any way we can get the same guy that gave Des Bryant a a false positive test? (laughs) Hey, Chris, Chris, Fred's going to be there. I'm going to be there. We hope this bank's rocking. We're going to try to help, but I just, I don't see it, man. 
just don't see it. All right. Well, before we get into our predictions, let's do a social media shout out. All right, Ryan, I haven't had a chance to really pay a whole lot of attention to the chat room, but uh, who's been out there? It looks like it's been moving quite a uh, bit. A hell of a lot of you, so if I miss you this week, uh, <laughs> sorry, but that's nearly impossible. We're that deep. Thank you for all the engagement. Yeah, it's been a lot of definitely. fun. Appreciate it. But first, as usual, Buffalo Chuck's internet connection is a little Chuck. bit better than all of yours. I don't know why. <laughs> if we were keeping a tally, I'm certain that he would be dominating. He'd be more than everyone else but his wife by about triple. I, that, by, <laughs> way, by the way, his wife is a saint because it's a, you, he's got two kids. And it's 7.30, and you're like, you would think you'd be in the thick of the... Nope. Nope. First. I'm first. I'm there. It's like that dad that like dropped the, the kid to catch the ball. He drops the kid to hurry up and yeah. make a comment and catch the kid. I do. That's what we're going to do. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> episode 300, we're going to hit the camera to find out how Chuck does yeah, it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bubble Chuck with the first. Jacob Paul. David Missler. My wife, Kaylee. Kamal Porter. Garnett West. Joe Carlozo. Red, white, and do. Uh, Mar- Margin Bowl seventeen. These YouTube names always get me. They're so much harder. It doesn't be, be more YouTuber <laughs> uh, though. Dimitri Coconus, uh, William Sable. Um, he had a, a, a long post about a fumble that was true. It's just like we were fumbling all over the place, and we can't get this under control. And that's the problem. Oh, it, that's what it was. He was talking about how Lamar only has fourteen fumbles, and he's held the ball fourteen hundred times. Right, yes. I saw that stat. This is that's a great stat for him, but the problem is how they came. He said it was about where they came in the game. For me, it's not that. For me, it is his whole first year he fumbled all the time, and last year he was great, no fumbles. Right. So when you come back this year and see two fumbles in the first game, you have flashbacks to that year I, one, I right. and you're yeah. like, if you get back mm-hmm. to year one fumbling Lamar, we are done for. I agree. So it's it's it may be about the big times of the game, but it, for me, it's more about how they were right close together last year he was amazing he shut me up he was not a fumble problem uh joshua walker jamal caldwell ray jacks travis whitfield adit mahoud um he said over under 70 percent we bring back uh guard slash ot michael schofield uh that could be good that's, that's a good good thought okay q hut um John Googs, our uh, shell and tell transfer, been lighting it up in here again. He's arguing with everybody about everything. I love it, Googs. <laughs> Appreciate it, John. Um, <laughs> Alex Duvall, why didn't we run the ball? Uh, yep. For that, I just wanted to bring that up to to bring up how weird is the fountain of youth that Mark Ingram stumbled into with 26 carries down there in Houston? Uh, yeah. It's because <laughs> it was against the Jaguars. <laughs> and it was game. also like 25 carries for only like 60-some yards. Not a very good average. Did any of you dash well to the free agent wire to pick up Mark Ingram? Not at all. No. I, I, did, o- I did only because I had cannon. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Doing all right. All right. Um, Let's see, uh, Helio Dominguez, uh, goaded builds, uh, Ali, uh, Ali Hilmi, first chat from the Iraqi Raven, he says. I awesome, saw Wink man. not calling the, the right calls, to be honest. Yes, thank you. I wanted to bring it up for sure because of your first chat. Thanks for engaging. Don't know if it's your first show, but if it is, thanks for finding us there, too. Yeah. Uh, and well, I hope to hear from you more. Diggs9876. Flock Nation and Chris Gangemi is the end of my list. I'm sure I missed at least six of you because you guys were flying. Right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So let's get into our predictions. We, I think we're all in here worried about this game. I don't think any of us feel confident. I'll start with Scott's prediction because Scott's not here. He might be listening. I think he, I've seen him a couple times in yeah. the chat room. Uh, Scott also feels the same sentiments that we do. He does not see this being a – or no, I'm sorry. Actually, No, he, he's the lone wolf. Wow, he is the lone wolf. <laughs> 
Wow, we should have gave it away. But, you know, Scott's got the Ravens winning this one somehow in a miracle. I don't even know how he got there, but he's got him winning 32 to 28. Drew, what do you got? I always try to pick some random weird scores, too, every now and then, especially with these night games, because they always seem to have a weird score. Uh, yeah, I went with Chiefs 42 to 33. I just think it's going to be another. It, it's going to be you're going to keep pace with them, but you're going to just it's just going to be two. There's going to be some drive or two where they just get ahead and you really can't play catch up. Right. Or you get cute like we've done in the past. Excuse me, but um, you know where you decide to go for it on fourth down and one when you could have kicked the field goal because you were worried about keeping pace. I, I just got delusions of all that all the time. Like I said, till they prove it, I can't see them beat the Chiefs. I would have picked the Chiefs even if we blew out Oakland. Gotcha. What do you got, Ryan? All right, I got the uh, Chiefs thirty-five, Ravens twenty-four. I've already talked about why I think they're better than us, so I don't think there's much more to go into. <laughs> sure hope I'm wrong. Sure hope Andrew's got some angry looks in his eyes. I hope we lost his Raiders game because we were practicing for the Chiefs. We'll find out. <laughs> All right, James, what do you got? Well, I just looked at my score. Um, I gave my text to you guys at, yesterday at like 534 before the Ravens game, and I had it 37-28. I think now it's going to be like... 47 to 17. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, yeah, I'm going 47 to 17. I'm now. trying to find a way to change this. No, uh, you can't on here. I'll do it. 47 to 17, and something happened to I, Lamar, probably. Write it down. I can't, uh, I can't see it being so tightly 10-point close give it, game. Give it to me one more time, James. 47 what? 17. 17. So, right. I'm going to give Jacob here a shout-out because he's actually kind of stealing my thunder here a little bit. You hit the nail right on the head. Um, only chance, he says, only chance to beat Mahomes for the offense to stay on the field as long as possible. He can't beat us on the sidelines. This has been my map to beating Mahomes since Lamar's taken over is the whole controlling the time of possession. That's why I was like so dumbfounded that the Ravens didn't win time of possession against the 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 Raiders. I don't know, though, with the way that the running game is right now and with the lack of, of faith, apparently, that they have, even though we we saw what we saw, the the fact that they didn't have the faith in Tyson Williams to carry him through in that second half and control the clock, I don't know what the Ravens are going to do, but I think if you're going to do that, that's the only way. You're not going to be able to get in an aerial show out, uh, shootout with the Chiefs and expect to win that game. It's just not going to happen. Patrick Mahomes will beat you. 10 out of 10 times if it's an aerial show out. You've got to control the clock. You've got to control how many times he's on the field. Uh, but I don't see the Ravens being able to do that. I got it in a closer game than some of you guys got it. I have the Chiefs winning at 38-33, to 33, but we're all – uh, saying that this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, it isn't going to be 10-3. Gar- Garnett West, I fully agree with James here, at 41-14. Mahomes has four TDs to Kelsey and two TDs to Hill. Well, see, that's two where you're to wrong. Clyde is the weirdest That's where you're wrong because Clyde ain't getting two Clyde touchdowns. I can guarantee that. I'll put money on Clyde that. Clyde looks bad <laughs> again, that. which makes me sad because I have him a lot of places. Uh, <laughs> all right. one game they played. Let's go over to uh, the Thursday night game. Uh, Thursday night game is the Giants taking on the Washington football team. They'll have a nickname at some point. (laughs) Obviously, we saw this week uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. He's got a hemp injury. He's going to be out for at least six to eight weeks, they're saying right now. So it's uh, Heineke. He's yeah. in. Damn uh, you, damn you, uh, Buffalo Chuck yeah. for having Heineke. Yeah, me let me and, tell you, we Buffalo Chuck. Shoot out so bad. I watched this game with Drew, and we were taunting each other about how much Fab was going to go in on Heineke because we were sure that he was out there on the waiver wire for the Dynasty League. No, sir. Buffalo Chuck scooped him up at the draft. <laughs> at the draft. Yeah, I'd use like eighty percent of my Fab. <laughs> 
so I'll start with this one. Uh, I, I still believe that not a whole lot changes with this Washington offense with Heineke out there versus Fitzpatrick. I like Fitzpatrick, but I still think Heineke can run this offense efficiently. He showed that last year in a little bit of time he played. Uh, I think Washington will hold their own in this game. The defense is so good. The defense is great. Uh, Saquon Bartley didn't do a whole lot for New York last still week. He, he's still working back from his yeah. injury. Uh, I am not a Danny Dimes fan. Danny Jones does not look like a, a starting NFL quarterback to me. But on that franchise, what other options do they have really right now? Uh, so I've got I've got Washington win this game in a lower scoring game. I've got them winning twenty four twenty. Uh, I've got Washington as well, eighteen to ten. I, I I think it's just a defense. Uh, uh, a lot of those Thursday games aren't very entertaining and high scoring for the mm-hmm. most part because you, you you just you know you just play three or four days ago. You, you don't have real time to practice sh- all the the short rest and all that. So you normally you're normally kind of ugly, and it's an NFC uh, East yeah. <laughs> matchup at that. So you already know it's going to be ugly, and 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 with way Washington's defense is has become one of the upper upper uh, echelon teams. Uh, so 18 to 10. All right, Ryan, what do you got? All right, I got the Washington football team winning this one 20 to 13. Uh, the Giants have looked like an absolute hot mess. Yeah. Danny Dimes looks like the worst player coming out of Duke ever. <laughs> <laughs> the only player. I think he's like the Duke only player ever. ever. So he's the best also, but they're really bad at football. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he's the worst player. He's also the best and worst player at the same time. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, Washington football team is going to win it. I, I'd like Heineke. He was a lot of fun to watch in the playoffs. They looked a little discombobulated, even with him on the field this last game. Their defense did not look as good as we thought it was going to be. But I think they'll get a lot of that together, especially Heineke's going to look better with a, with a week of practice. Because Lord knows he was not taking any snaps. For you fans out there, if you're a betting man or a betting woman, uh, don't go with Ryan. He was one and two last week, just saying. James, what do we got? <laughs> uh, with with these two teams being in the same division, you can uh, toss a quarter in the air. If it's heads or tails, that's who you pick. But I'm going with the Washington over uh, the Giants, uh, 21-17. It's going to be a close game, but like I said, it could be a close game or it can just be a blowout. What's Fred later. doing down there on his knees? <laughs> oh, my no, God. What happened <laughs> to Fred? <laughs> I tried to fix the camera. But, uh, <laughs> we need, all them shots we need, again. We all right. need a new camera. So that's why Scott's working. So Scott's got this the same score as you do, James. He's also got the Washington football team winning at 21-17. to 17. Oh, you copied off. Quick thing on the NFC East, now that we've seen one week. Is it the Cowboys division to lose? Yep. Yeah. To me, it looks like yeah. it. With Dak Prescott makes that team so much better. And, their defense and I just, is better. that division was god awful trash last year. Uh, I don't see the Washington football team making it back to as division champions. Oh, that's, Do you? That's still my pick. Really? Yeah, Do you still, still pick? My pick? Okay. Interesting. You know who looks trash too? Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta look rough. Out. Atlanta look rough. We'll talk about them in a little bit, actually. Uh, so, all right, let's go to the Monday night football game. Another uh, another great game. We got the Detroit Lions going into Green Bay, which you would okay, think. The please fire me, Packers. You would think automatically <laughs> that this would be an absolute blowout. But the way things looked in week one, man, Aaron Rodgers. I've seen, I've never seen Aaron Rodgers. So many memes. That. And he was just so far off. I mean, granted. He didn't play a lot in practice and all that stuff. He came in the last minute, and he didn't have a whole lot of reps and all that stuff. But it's Aaron Rodgers. You expect him to be money regardless, and, man, he was yeah, off. There's something weird. I, I know if, if anyone paid attention, like, they said that Saints worked on this whole, like, process of, with the NFL to decide where they played their first hey, week. Yeah. Right. They picked Jacksonville because, specifically because Rodgers has just not performed in Florida. 
they had a game, and, and this game almost kind of reminded me that this one seemed a lot, way a lot worse, but they played at a game in Tampa in November, and that's when they looked like just garbage. Yeah, they played the Buccaneers. Right. And it was in Tampa. Like, you know what I mean? So right. There's got to be credence to that. I mean, the other thing they said was because it was the only stadium that it took two flights to get from Green Bay, yeah, which they, I thought was really their, creative. They played their way of doing it. <laughs> well, the, it was so, a weird way of doing it. They were allowed to do, but hey, they're they going didn't ask for a hurricane to come through. No, they're going up against the Lions this week, and they the only New Orleans, the only thing, <laughs> the only thing that kept the Lions somewhat relevant over the last like couple of years, meaning relevant that they've won four or five games a year. Yeah, he gone, he gone. <laughs> Matt Stafford is he now doing his too, thing boy. in L.A. I told you, man, I'm a big Woo. Matt Stafford, and I think the Rams are going to do big things this year. Yeah, I like the Rams. Uh, what do you see happening in this game? Uh, I've got it. I I don't care that uh, they looked like shit. It's thirty eight <laughs> to twenty one Packers. Okay. Uh, now look, this is one of those things where like we were saying something about the Lions in that game against uh, the Forty Niners. That that game wasn't even really close until late when there was a couple of mistakes made by the Forty Niners that opened it up. I don't see them, the Packers, having back to back games that shitty and. At home, right? On Monday night, I just, I just don't see it. I just think, and then I, he's that weird, that weird like Zen type of guy, <laughs> man. Like fucking, oh, you guys are all making fun of me. Like, watch right. this shit. I'm going to throw like five touchdowns. That's exactly where I was going. I, I he's going to hear it all week long, and that you know, oh, he he doesn't care. He didn't put in the effort, and you know, there's there's. Obviously, you know, issues between him and the front office and or not front office, but him and, and the coaching and all that stuff. They're, they're, they're going to come up with all kinds of excuses as to why he performed like shit in this game. Well, why watch him on MVP? <laughs> yeah, he's going to come out and, like you said, throw four, five, six touchdowns in this game. I've got the Packers winning this one 34-13. What do you got, Ryan? I turned off the pocket. That's the outline. Here we go. Ryan has Monday night Packers 24-20. Um, so that's mine, dude. 2717. <laughs> Sorry, don't want to make you retry do that. 2717 same winner. That's all that matters. The Packers are going to win. All. Uh I if if Chuck's right and Aaron Rodgers quits, that's obviously not the case. But Aaron Rodgers and Adams are too good to do that two weeks in a row. Uh I don't know. Maybe the Saints are actually good. I don't We're going right. to find out pretty quick. With it by that's week 3, you'll actually know what's it. going on in the NFL. What that's do you got, the James? other part of it. Their defense well, is really good. <laughs> I have uh, 2420, as Ryan said. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Packers, but maybe um, maybe Rodgers can't throw down in Florida because his bones are, and muscles are too relaxed. He needs some cold to bring it back <laughs> in and get the muscles tight to sling it down. Maybe. The field maybe you're on something. Like Drew said, like he sucks in Florida. <laughs> it's just that there is. It's something about it that just there's something to it. Yeah. Scott's got the Packers winning this, so it was a clean sweep across the board. Yeah. Scott's got it, Packers 34-20. So we have been putting together uh, some votes the last couple of weeks as far as where we're going to put our money, right? So we've partnered again this year with my bookie, uh, and we, we decided this year we're going to do one bet each week with all of you guys involved. Last week we did the AFC North. Uh, so let's go into our my bookie. Here we Whoa. go here. And let's find, as you can see, it's lower than last week. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find a bet to make in here. Let's see. Anything jump out at you this week, Ryan, like a a matchup that you're excited for? I mean, there's going to be some interesting lines on the Packers game as bad as they look. I can imagine that there's going to be some, 
you know, judging on that, it's going to be mo- the lines be moving all week, I think, because it, it's going to be set very different than where it's going to end up. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to do another four-team parlay. We did not work out doing the AFC North. So we want to go with four games that I think all of us in here are pretty confident in, so that way we can actually win some of that money that we lost <laughs> last week back, right? So the Giants and the Washington football team, uh, we can just bet the money line in this. Do you guys feel confident in Washington football team winning this game? We were all on Washington football team in our predictions. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right, so that'll be one of them. Saints. Panthers, do you believe in Jameis Winston? Would he throw for like 100 yards, but he threw five touchdowns, enough to beat the Panthers? Or you want to go on to the next game? I'm good with that, but minus 200 is pretty rough. So if we were confident in something else, it might be a better better. All bet. right. Browns, Texans. Obviously, this would be... Jesus, minus 630. That feels like a lot. <laughs> we should take the Texans for fun on that one. We're going to make some money. <laughs> no, I'm not betting with you. Not on a parlay. <laughs> Uh, I want that as a single slip, though, baby. Give me that on single slip. Right. There you go. Are we confident, though, the Browns are going to wax the floor with the the Texans? Or do we think what we saw out of Tyrod Taylor and Houston is real? It ain't real. All right. So we're all Cleveland Browns go there. But seriously, after we're done this, we come back and cover our losses just in case. All right. So we got two more games. I like this matchup here. Buffalo Bills, AFC, Ooh, nice game. AFC East game. This is a much closer line than I would have ever thought, but obviously the Dolphins beat the, the Patriots this past week. I think the Dolphins are winning this game. You think the Dolphins are going to yeah. win this game? See, I, 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 I think the other way. I think the Bills, same thing. They come back with a vengeance. I don't think the Dolphins have a chance in this game. All right, well, the Rams, the Rams are going to crush the Colts, so I think we can lock that up. <laughs> they looked amazing. Yeah, I think Fred, we all agree with that. Fred, they looked amazing, Fred, but that, Fred, they go on the road. Know, I don't even know you why you asked Drew that <laughs> about the Buffalo game. He gave you uh, dates for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, so we're, we we had one off on the Bills and Dolphins, so, so that's not there. a layup. So we're not going there. Are we all on board with the Rams and the Colts? Or you're you have no? I mean, I think the, the Rams, Rams are going to yeah. spank them. All right, yeah. so there's three. We need one more. 49ers and Eagles. I'm not going there. Broncos Jaguars. I'm not going there. Patriots Jets. Mm. I mean, it's a rookie quarterback versus Bill Belichick. It's rookie quarterback versus rookie quarterback. Hey, right. Arizona, right there. Arizona and Vikings. Arizona. Arizona look great. In that first game, Minnesota. Did not. Well, no. I mean, they hung. They Bucking, hung with the no, with Buccaneers the Bengals. Are beat that. Like, that's a given. This is a oh, game. here you go. Here's the layup. <laughs> that's a given. The Buccaneers and the fat. Oh God, wow. Negative seven thirty five. We're gonna win three dollars. Let's see what this slip looks like with all, all these right. negatives. I like, so I like Atlanta. This just shows you guys out there how easy it is to use my bookie. If you use the link in the description and you use the promo code Birdland BS, all one word. Uh, you will get double your first deposit up to $1,000. So we're just going to go ahead and make this four-team parlay here. We're going to bet $35. If you could type. Sorry, I got it right. Uh, 35. Woo! $35 to win $74. That's a really bad parlay, guys. <laughs> That's a rough parlay. That's a really weak parlay. But it's a parlay. confident parlay, and All that right. gets us back to even because we lost $35 this is why last I'm week. a bad gambler because I would go, bullshit, I'm getting more money than that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and place it, but that's it. That's as easy as it is, man. It, you can bet on anything in here. You can do straight bets, parlays. You can bet on prop bets You know, for individual players or scores and quarters and all kinds of things. Who scores which, first is a fun one because you find out quick. Right, <laughs> which we'll get into that next week. But uh, 
Make sure you use the link in the description for my bookie. Use the promo code BurlandBS. Get double your deposit up to a thousand bucks. All right, Ryan. All right, it's the time of the show for me. <laughs> and Drew's done. I'm kidding. It is a. Uh, it's time for some shell and tell. It was uh, another fun weekend down at uh, Capital One as the Terps handled business. It was a game that I don't think anybody in the stadium had real question marks about. Biggest thing that we said was we wanted to make sure that we got out of that game healthy, which I know you were a little nervous about because we went into midway through the third quarter and a lot of the starters, most of the starters, pretty much all the starters were still out there. Googs, where are you at? Googs, <laughs> were you as nervous as I was with how deep these stars were going? I was chanting from like midway through the second quarter to get the starters out. Then we're almost halfway through the third quarter and they have a wide receiver lose a knee. And I'm like, is this not your call sign to get your boys off the field? I'm real happy it worked out for you locks, but man, I was nervous. Those boys playing that deep. See, and I, and I would agree with you if this was an NFL game, right? But if this, they're talking college football and these points and winning games like this mean the said world. He was just as nervous as I was as yes. Ryan. And, and I was, I was nervous. Obviously you don't want any of those guys out there you don't want anybody to get hurt but at the end of the day these blowout wins help you especially when you get down to you know that that sixth win if we're going to be bowl eligible as to what bowl you end up going in so helps you in the rankings right now we're sitting you know i think with 12 or 15 votes right now outside of the ap yeah looking pretty good looking pretty good uh but all right let's talk a little bit about what we saw in this game uh i think Pretty much saw what we expected to see. Every player. That's what we saw. Talia, All the players. <laughs> Talia, Talia looked good. Uh, Dante Demas with yet another big game. He was actually our uh, pl- player, offensive player of the game in this game. So he has the first back-to-back 100-yard game since Stefan. Yeah, so he looks great out there, man. I know this is against Howard, but it's six games in a row that he's had a touchdown. Those weren't all against Howard. Right. And it was in a very strange season. And, you know, Talia does not look as good last year as he did does this year. So to have those that type of consistency, we've already talked. He's got the body of an NFL wide receiver. Yeah, this guy's doing big things. Um, but our wide receivers didn't stop there. We had our play of the game from our other receiver, uh, Raheem Jarrett, um, who converted on a, the only fourth down I think we had all all game. Yeah, <laughs> with fourth and two, but it was in you know deep field goal range, so they went for it and converted on a thirty yard touchdown on, on his on his slant. It's his go to. It's his go to. Throw a slant to rack. It's a touchdown. Right. That's all. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's now I know going into this, you did have question marks. One of your things that you wanted to see out of this game was. What does wide receiver three look like? And Jason Jones, obviously dealing with the injury in week one against uh, West Virginia, didn't see a whole lot of field, but he saw more in this game. What did you see out of Jason? Uh, Jason showed a lot of explosiveness. So, I mean, that extra week on that hamstring that they, they let him sit out, I think it, it was helpful. Um, he looked pretty good in, on the wide receiver side of things. Uh, I like him as the punt returner. Neither one of our punt returners really looked all that good. We had a lot of <laughs> bobbled snaps and things, but I just think he's more shifty. He's that, like, highlight reel in a bottle that I love to watch back there. Right. Um, so, you know, the you never know what's going to happen on a punt team, especially in college. So it's always good to just have the fastest guy, the shiftiest guy available. And I think that's it. Right. For me going into this game, one of the things that I wanted to see was I wanted to see some of the depth. I wanted to see some of the freshmen get some extra time uh, at running back specifically. I want to say we saw five, maybe even six people carry the ball back there in the backfield. Uh, my guy, Roman Hemby, uh, a Middle River product product out of uh, the Renegades. Uh, he got to see the field. McDonald at his first carry ends up getting a touchdown. 
Boone had his touchdown in this game. So I think the future is bright at the running back position, and this allowed us to see a little bit of that. Yeah, the, the running back positions definitely the youth is there. Like yeah. the youth is definitely a step up than what we've seen in a, in a while. I mean, we've had our our stars, but the the depth um, is definitely better than we've had in years past. Um, you said Roman Hemby was there. Uh, we have to see Penny Boone for the first time. Yeah. That big boy. I mean, he slimmed down a little bit, but he's still thunder. He's, he's still <laughs> thick. He's still thick, thick boy nation. Yeah, thick boy nation's <laughs> taking care of things. Uh, you know, he looked a, uh, still a touch slower than, than than we'd like, but he was he was rocking it. And then the biggest surprise for me was what what you call him. Offensive linebacker, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> offensive linebacker Antoine Baby Bus Littleton. Yeah. My man, this dude does not look like he should be able to carry the ball. But when you give him the ball, he abuses people, yeah. and he definitely looks faster than you'd think he would be running. So I, I don't know. It's 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 fun to watch. Again, it's Howard, and maybe even some backups in Howard because they knew the game was far from uh, far over, but. It was a lot of fun to see the young kids. They did have Tayon out there early on in the game. We did not see Isaiah Jacobs in this game. I don't know if that was by design or if he was dealing with something, but we didn't see him in this game. Uh, another one of the things that I wanted to see, talk about the depth, right? Uh, as I wanted to see the, the Terps get up 35, 40 points, what I said on the podcast, get up 35, 40 points, and I want to see that QB2, the one that we've heard all the hype about, Reese Yudinski. He comes in. Now, granted, they didn't ask for him to do a ton, you know, they, it was more of just, you know, we're up 40, 50 points at this point. Be a game manager, hand the ball off. He, he did make a couple of yeah, throws. So they did let him throw. That they was did. the last quarterback they let throw, but they let him throw. <laughs> yeah, they, they let him throw a little bit. Uh, he looked good. He looked very good. Yeah, I mean, this guy probably be a starter on most Terps teams in the past. That oh, was yeah. A, that was a strong arm. It was accurate. It was on time. He did, he uh, he took some bad uh, snaps from the center, high and low snaps, you know, what Lamar's used to. Um, <laughs> and, and it just didn't it didn't startle him. You know, he stayed on time with it. He was able to keep his eyes downfield. He was able to hit the receivers. I don't want to see him play because Talia looks like the man. Right. But I feel better knowing that he's a better option we've had in the past. Yep. And obviously, in any game that you shut somebody out on defense, I don't care if it's Howard or if it is the Middle River Renegades, whoever yeah. you're playing against, a shutout's a, a damn good performance by your defense. Uh, a lot of the starters, to the point, were still out there played in the third quarter. Played too long. Played a lot. <laughs> Nick Cross was one of those guys that was out there for a long time. Nick Cross uh, has to be the most physically fit man on the planet. I think he played every snap of that game. I mean, he was on punt return. He was on kick return. He was on kick coverage. He was on field. Like Nick Cross is always on the field. Always on the field. One of the things that you pointed out to me when we were at the game, though, was his communication when he was on the field, it's next level compared to where it was last year. Uh, and even the year before that, he, he is really embracing that leadership role and helping get guys in place. And, and really it, it affects the entire defense. It makes this unit so much better having him out there. It does. It absolutely does. I mean, you saw times where he felt confident, even giving directions to Hippolyte, your other leader. Right. Um, you saw him in the back, uh, back, just like, you know, counting out, making sure all the wide receivers are covered, physically moving people if they weren't paying attention. So it's really good to see his leadership. This guy's going to be flying up draft boards if he's playing like this. Now, the one area that was real problematic uh, week one that we wanted to see if they were going to improve in week two. Uh, the special teams unit. Not much better. Not much better. Uh, Howard wasn't watching any game film, though. I, <laughs> I know. Like, Howard they did not Howard expose it. refused to, to return so many kicks. And we were just kind of laughing at the side. Look, we are we are like eight feet from the from the bench of Howard. Like, that's right. where my seats are. They hear everything you say. And I just kept asking him. I said, 
Why aren't you returning the ball? The only way you beat this defense is don't play against the defense. That's, <laughs> right. that's the only way you, you can score. Right. So return the ball. But they just kept letting touchbacks go. They did return a couple. Now, they didn't go very far. But I was amazed with that many touchdowns that we scored. That's a lot of kickoffs to cover that they weren't at least going to test us with how bad it was week one. And then the other thing that I saw with that was we talked about communication was there were a few shorter punts in this game that – Obviously, we weren't going to be able to field. And instead of just easily communicating and yelling to everybody to clear, it didn't seem like there was any communication going. There were way too many close calls, players way too close to the and ball. You, and, you know, sometimes that just looks bad from our vantage point because we are so low. We're basically at yeah. field level. But I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it. Back, I, I did. But I, yeah, yeah. I just I just did, too. They were as bad as I thought, maybe worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still like literally bounced off his own player to fair catch that first ball. Right. I, I don't have any idea how he's not like just yelling, get out of my way. Not even clear. Like he literally if if that ball is two feet shorter, he runs into a brick wall and the punt bounces off the dude's helmet. Right. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's simple stuff. Yep. This is like basic special teams knowledge. It's not that we don't have the talent. Right. It's not that we're messing things up. No, I think it's it's just call clear, get clear, and then and then later when he did, Jennings just stood still. Right. No, you don't stand still. That's not what clear means. Run back to where you came from. Right. That's what that means. Right. That's what it means. Exactly. And, and I think, like to your point, I I think we have weapons back there. I think Still and Jay Sean could be good returners. I mean, we 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 know how shifty Jay Sean is, and still he's got great hands. Yeah, just and decisions. Right, and they just got to clean this up because when they get into Big Ten play, when we get to this hopeful number four showdown with Iowa, if we're four and zero, I'm going to be real upset if that's the difference maker and why we lose that game. Yeah, I'm going to be real upset. Gotta that's got to be. Out. You got to fix that going into that game. So this week. We go on the road for the first time, 2-0 and so far to start off the year, both games at home. We go on the road uh, to take on Illinois. Yeah, I mean, luckily we were playing Howard last week because hopefully we snuck in some practice because this is a short week on the road playing a Friday night game to open the Big Ten. Illinois, you know, looked week one. They came out and beat Nebraska. And, of course, every year Nebraska is going to be the next greatest thing on sliced bread. <laughs> right. So everybody's a little, a little scared. I guess that was actually week zero. They were like one of three teams that played that week. Um but Nebraska hasn't looked good. They haven't really beat anybody since. Well, they, well, they've beat two teams, but they beat Buffalo and Fordham, whatever the hell they are. So <laughs> they they played Howard twice. Um, and the Illinois uh, Illini, who by the way don't have a mascot. I don't know if you guys know this, but we've been making fun of the Washington football team. Wasn't it a team. chief for a while? Yes, yeah, yes, chief yeah, yeah. Nikki or something. I don't know what something like that. Okay. But we've been watching the big for the Washington football teams that it's taken two years. It's been like 17 years that the line I have not had a mascot. I mean, that eye is, is real bold. That it's orange eye is super the eye. bold orange you've <laughs> and, ever and seen. A, <laughs> and apparently, like two years ago, the students have been pushing for some kind of kingfish. There's like all these pictures of these orange and blue birds they're trying to push through as the new That's new mascot. Dumb. So it's going to be terrible even if they do get a mascot. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, um, but anyway, they, they, they lost the uh, University of Texas San Antonio and University of Virginia. So I... I don't know what to expect from them either. I, I, I don't think they're going to be very good. At best, they're West Virginia, and they, we have a close game. But I think they're probably worse than West Virginia. At best, worse, West Virginia makes me nervous, but I don't think they're even on that level. So let me ask you, where do you feel confidence-wise going into this game? What do you have as a score? Ooh, okay. Put you on the spot. Right on the top. Yep. I, I did not put that in the outline. Fine. Yet. 
I'm going to need it. All right. Friday night in Illini. Um, I think this offense still clicks. I think we're going to be rolling. Uh, we score 35. Through the air, on the ground, good combination of both. What do you got? Uh, mostly through the air. Okay. Um, Fleet Davis will probably get his healthy dose of catches. Fleet Davis will have his 100 yards mixed. Okay. You know, that, that performance. Um, 35 to 24. Okay. 35-24. I'm, I'm not actually that far off. So I also have the Terps winning this in a close game. I also think that they'll, most of their yardage and most of their offensive production is going to come through the air. Dante Demas and, and Rakim Jarrett are both going to have decent games in this game. But I think the player that's going to have the most impact in this game is a guy who's caught two touchdowns but hasn't had a whole lot of chances yet. Chigakonkwo. Look for him to have a breakout game in this game. I'm going to say somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven receptions, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 70 to 90 yards. Uh, I think Chig has a big impact in this game, and, and the Terps win it. I got it, let's say, 33-28. 33-28, I think the Terps win. The other interesting thing we have going on right now is the fact that uh, Iowa will be playing Kent State, um, and then and then obviously we get to play Kent State the week before Iowa. So that will be a really good, interesting thing to see. You know, that, the transmittive property in football that never works. Right. We're going to get to see the transmittive property and see if it works. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right, Ryan. It's time for this week's Liquor Stop Brew of the Week, and this week they didn't hook us up with a beer. They hooked us up with some some liquor. Yeah, Scott got something here, and I figured I would pull it out from my 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 wife's favorite beer <laughs> in the world is Pumpkin. Well, apparently Pumpkin's got a daddy because <laughs> Pumpkin just put out their whiskey. So they read this as Pumpkin whiskey is a spirited version of its namesake, the beer that my wife loves, <laughs> and a high proof addition to the royal family with notes of the pumpkin pie spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and even a hint of whipped cream and crust. Pumpkin whiskey is a treat among tricks. I'm not drinking this night, but Fred and, uh, and Drew are, and I'm betting it doesn't taste like pumpkin pie. It probably tastes like whiskey. Let's uh, find out. Yeah, I don't think I'm getting that nutmeg taste. We'll find out. Is this <laughs> some basic white bitch, like, pumpkin spice shit? <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it's. I thought it was all right, and I, I mean, I mean, it's not. So I'm going to preface this. So surprise me. I said I don't like. I it. do not like pumpkin. <laughs> Look, Kaylee, Kaylee's still there. She says that sounds yummy. It's you actually not bad. Her. Kaylee, you'd probably like this. You like the peanut butter, you know, uh, the the screwball stuff. You would probably like this too. Uh, it's smooth like the peanut butter. Uh, it's. I guess you can taste the the pumpkin, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah, taste the cloves. I don't even know what a clove tastes why. like. That's why I taste it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, it's good. So if it you want to, you want to check it out. Give him that name one more time, there, Ryan. Pumpkin, baby. Let me show it to you one more time. Good bottle. Pumpkin. And if you're gonna buy this, you might as well buy the beer. The beer is pretty good for a pumpkin beer. It's pretty good. Uh, and it's by far her favorite of the pumpkin beers. Make sure you get up to liquor stop. Tell Jerry and the crew Birdland BS sent you. Get your ten percent off. <laughs> All right, Drew. All right, Scott, quick a signal Scott, on the docket. Let's, let's get through this one real, real quick. fast. My, my, my wife first wants to tell us to bring this bottle to shot 30 at the Terps tailgate. Shot, we're we're going to have to shot, clear shot, this with shot, Scott, shot. but it's not a bad decision, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right, so we're talking Orioles. Not a whole lot good going on like it has been all year. Yeah. So let's get the bad yeah, shit out of the way. Let's get the bad shit out of the way. Three more. Lead us off, Drew. 
46 and 97, three more away from 100. They still look better than they did like uh, 2018. Those kind of range. It's probably not going to have that set that right. <laughs> loss record. But so you got to set this up for me because I'll be honest with you. Since Terps football has started, I have really disconnected myself from the Orioles. I'm proud bit. of I th- you. I think I needed a break right, from probably, it, yeah. and I needed some positivity in my life. And the Terps at least for two weeks, have been able to provide some positivity in my life. Yeah, but last time we were two-week positive, it went real bad. So we got to really hope this week that stays with it. I'm going to ride this train (laughs) as long as we possibly can, right? Either way, I had to disconnect myself, and I came back, and I was just reading some stuff the other day. Please tell me that what I read was not true. Did we have a no yeah. hitter? You don't like. You don't even really need to watch the games. You can just go on Twitter, follow a couple of personalities on Twitter, and you'll you, you'll know everything you need to know about the Orioles. Essentially, because that's what I did. I mean, Saturday <laughs> we were at Hershey Park, so I didn't catch any games. Uh, I, I'm a recent YouTube TV newer guy, yeah, so I don't get Masson anymore. Uh, even when we did have Masson, it was few and far between. Uh, yeah, the Jays. The Jays rolled in. <laughs> Well, they dropped now, so, well, let me set the table. Look, the Jays rolled in, and it, it looks bad. And it's football season on, all of a sudden. They won on Friday, <laughs> and that was like they were the only team to beat the Jays in the last two weeks. Okay. But then that's Let's where give it them ended. the credit then. That's where the credit ends. All right. <laughs> so uh, they, they won on Friday night. On, uh, the, they had a doubleheader to make up. So doubleheader is two seven-inning games. <laughs> That was in seven innings? Yeah, it's still because like, of the COVID and the, the fastness. I and, saw the score. I yeah. didn't know it was seven innings. So, so Keegan Aiken, yes. Keegan Aiken had a no-hitter going into the seventh, and, and he looked good. Everything everything looked good. Everything went up. Meanwhile, I was driving home when this happened. <laughs> so, like I said, I you know, uh, I think when we got in the car, the game was kind of wrapping up. And I was like, okay, this got to close this out. That's cool. That's me. And even if they split with Toronto, that's cool. They, you know, a playoff contender. We get a little bit down the road. I decided to look at it. I haven't gotten the update for the Orioles yet. There was a reason. They were still playing the goddamn game. They gave up 11 runs. So no hitter out the window in the seventh. 11 runs in the seventh. Oh, my God. That bad juju carried on over. So what I read was right. So that was that was the awful. second. I got that wrong. That was the that was sec- a low scoring game. So that was the second game. <laughs> that was the second game. It was one. It was what we had a one early lead go that the game before it. They blew four runs in the seventh and lost the game seven to six, I think. And then so all that bad shit carried over on the Sunday. And that was the tune of a uh, football score, basically, of 22 to seven. And they scored. Yeah, Canada don't have no football team, so they just between, went with them. Between <laughs> the seventh inning of the second game of the doubleheader. So in nine, ten innings, they gave up 33 runs. Because nine innings in the one game and one inning, they gave up 11 runs. Yeah. So in ten innings, they gave up 33 yeah. runs. So And not only that, like the, so the four-inning span Yuck. from games from uh, inning seven to game two to the first three innings of Sunday – they gave up twenty seven four runs, twenty seven runs total in those four innings. Oh my god! So, <laughs> wow. For the Buster Oldies so of the world, so we got pitchers right. That's, the, Buster, the Buster Oldies of the world had they probably had their you know wet dreams over it. They're <laughs> they're, they're they went a well, bit happy that they could shit on the Orioles even more. This this kind of fits though because I think at one point we actually lost the first pick of the draft, right? I think we were like a game and a half back, so maybe this was them just being uh, like, hey, you know what? <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I know. Before the weekend, they were it was two games. Uh, uh, 
Arizona had it by two games, right? right? Had the first seed. So I don't two know what lead. I don't know what Arizona <laughs> did. Uh, I know we didn't. I knew what we did, and it wasn't good. So no. I granted I didn't check to see of who who has the worst record. I think it it did get close, but they might have it because of the percentages or whatever. Right. So that, that's the bad. Let's get it out of the way. We expect they they suck. Yeah. All right. They suck, and, <laughs> well, it's, and, it's, and it's Toronto, and Toronto has been like it literally has been playing great the last two weeks. They just came out of New York and beat the crap out of them, and hopefully they're you know I, if it means that the I'm with this with a lot of Twitter if it means that the Blue Jays make the playoffs and the Yankees don't, eh, oh well, right. Well, so my son must be holding like withholding information from me because he only texts me about the things that he does. No, so I just want you to know that he he's getting closer. He to hit. The I heard 30, he hit twenty eight yeah, yeah. and twenty nine, so it's really close to that thirty. So I, I have a check tonight. Yeah, uh, before tonight's game, he now sits at twenty nine home runs and twenty eight steals. Add in the fact he's got thirty three doubles. So that's pretty. You think thirty thirty? We've been thinking the thirty thirty. That's you know yeah, thirty of those two is not to shank at. I mean, I think his. His average is down a little bit. It's down to like just above the 300 mark. But even if he finished at like 290, I, I if you consider that down on this roster, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. But uh, and even that, like, we're so bad that they don't even bother walking the two players that can hit them. <laughs> well, that, that was that, that was the yeah. They brought they even uh, in one of those the 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 late in the one game they brought him in. Really? In the second game of the doubleheader, and they intentionally walked them, and then <laughs> the oh, wow. it does show that he's at least. He's, At least somebody the, they're trying for him too. They want him to get yeah, it too. Yeah. You know, so you, you had that. He's looked good, even when he, and even the couple home, the last couple of home runs he hits. I'm not like comparing him to Chris Davis, but he looked like one of those power guys. Yeah. Like it wasn't just the, oh, it just got over the fence. Like it was like a monster shot to the flagpole. And he definitely got his height from his mother because he's short. He's not like me at all, but he's still got a powerful. Yeah, he's punch, not a Viking. Sure. But uh, another guy you could talk about is Mount Castle. He's pushing it. So we talked about him the last couple of yeah. weeks. He just uh, he hit home run in, in that game that didn't matter on Sunday. <laughs> uh, he hit his 28th home run, so that tied Cal. Nice. For the, for the rookie, rookie record. Right? He also leads yeah. a team with 79 RBIs. So that's pretty cool to see. Cause, like, I, I'm happy with that. Listen, it's the Mount Castle thing, and I've always said this since like he was coming up, some people's expectations with prospects are just absurd, right? But if we can find a guy like a Mount Castle who can be that – 265 to 275 hitter, but a legitimate power threat that can consistently put up 30 to 40 home runs a year and be in that 90 to 100 RBI kind of guy. I'm for it. And I think Mount Castle fits that mold for this team moving forward. So he's, he, we have in house a legit number three, number four hitter of the future and here. Your leadoff guy, and your lead hopefully, off. and then right. Adley comes in. He's your two, three guy. Yeah, right. Mancini. We'll see what, what all happens. that situation is because you still got another year with him. So we'll see. You how surround that happens, Mancini but. with all that talent around him and that top four or five spots in the order. Mancini's stats go up. Yeah. So speaking of Mancini, uh, I mean, we already know he might as well just give him the uh, comeback player of the year award. Uh, we know that's coming, but he did. Uh, he is the o- the Orioles rep for the 2021 Roberto Clemente Award. Right, so that's so. one of those awards we you know guys that uh, with good sportsmanship, the community outreach uh, to go with the play on the field, uh, and that's all lumped in. So that's that's another yeah. Throw another thing. That's that. awesome. Nah, I just heard a snippet of him on the radio on the way in. So we're coming up on September 21st. That'll be the anniversary of his last treatment for uh, that's for awesome cancer. so real quick circling back to that we're talking about that top four or five hitters in the lineup one of the guys has kind of been like polarizing since he's come up here 
is because in polarizing, I say this because when he's on the field and he's healthy, he plays well. But that's been the question mark with him is his health. What do you think Austin Hayes' future is with this team? Like, do you see him having a big part in the future moving forward, or do you think he's just a piece? I, no, I really do. Like, I, I've been thinking about him over the weekend, so it's funny you did bring it up. It's it all. It really does all depend on the health, right? He has some health, obviously, another injury kind of earlier in, in the season. But I mean, really, this last couple of months has been really good. I think. I mean, his his hitting streak ended, but. Uh, a handful of games ago, he had like 14, 15 game hitting streak. And yeah, I was like, and I think that gets, that was the over, it gets overshadowed a little bit because, because Mullins is having such and a Mullins good year. Is having such a, Mullins and Mountcastle have such good years, you kind of forget it. But that was the uh, same thing like Santander. Santander had a lot of injuries early in the year. That was one yeah. of those guys you thought would have uh, he's shown it on the field before. He'd have a much better season and he'd be the trade ship or you'd see what you had. Right. And he had the injuries so much early on, but now he's kind of made it's too little too late. It is what it is. But at least you're showing something. Right. And, and to me, it ain't the offense. Yeah, the offense isn't isn't scoring seven, eight, nine, ten runs every every game, but they're not the reason. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it, it looks a lot more clear than it ever did before offensively. The reason I ask that is because that, for me, if, if that puts us at – Let's just say five, maybe six guys. If you talk about Anthony Santander and Austin Hayes, maybe six, including Santander, guys that are going to be part of this future and part of this rebuild, you only need nine to field a starting lineup, right? So you're really only a couple pieces away from either, you know, some of the younger guys that are still in the minor league system that we're not not talking about uh, uh, Adley because he's already factored into the yeah, we top know he's six. coming. Yeah, we know he's coming. I, in. I, I really do. I, I think he's a starting catcher. Right. For, for opening day next year. But we talked a couple weeks ago about the potential of adding like a free agent. You know what I mean? Like a like a free agent shortstop or something like that to the lineup. We're getting to that point where if these prospects continue to stay healthy and continue to progress the way that they are, maybe next year. We're plugging for one of those guys. We're trying to sign one of those big name free agent players because we're only one or two spots in the lineup away from being that formidable lineup again. And that's the point, too. I mean, that was the whole point of the whole rebuild <laughs> was to build that up. Right. So you have that option. And if you want to go and it's something that I, I, I've thought of the last like couple months, really, uh, if you go by Elias's track record with the with Houston, if, if that was if that's your model and that's say that's it. That's kind of the carbon copy of what you're doing. It is that could be possible, but a lot of what they did in Houston was they grew those guys. Yeah, and, and we'll see if you now they're not really signing them because like George Springer moved on, and we'll see what happens with Correa. But they grew those guys and threw money at the pitching. Yeah, or you know, I'd still like to see them do that. Which yeah. I, which you know, I, I think that'd be more aligned with what they do. But it's it, it's an interesting thing to see because. The, the the minors really is. I mean, we said it before. They're the number one ranked now. You know, across a couple of different platforms, they're the number one number one ranked farm system. So it's not fake. You know no, you're I mean? right. Like, you're right. Let's dive into the farm system a little bit. I know we talk about it pretty much every week, but give us some updates on some guys and some things going on down in the farm. Yeah. So I mean, Aberdeen's had you know Aberdeen's had their roughness. I think pitching in the Aberdeen level is kind of reminiscent of the Orioles. I think you're seeing some of the guys everything's seeing, gone up. I mean some of this some of what the bad pitching you're seeing in, in Baltimore is has come from Norfolk. So right. go figure. But I mean that those kind of guys they kind of got to get up so you can get the other guys to rise. Exactly. Uh so Aberdeen's had their issues, but uh Rutschman's still looking good. 
Uh, he's your number, he's number one prospect. Baseball. You mean Norfolk's having issues? Norfolk. I said average. You I, said I, average. I, That's I where average. I was getting confused. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Because I remember being in here. So. Yeah, no, so, yeah, Norfolk. But a guy like Kevin Stowers is looking really good. Yeah, so this was a kid so, that I – so when we when Scott and I uh, went to the Ironbirds game, we had the press passes. Kyle Stowers was just drafted and had just come up with them. And you could see his athleticism right off. He made a couple of plays, a couple of diving catches out in center field. You, we didn't see a whole lot from his bat in that game that we were there, but you could see that the kid was athletic. And right now, and he's not a big guy. He's a smaller guy. He's, he reminds me a lot of Austin Hayes. He's a similar body build to an Austin Hayes. Uh, but this guy's, I think, ceiling's a little bit higher than Austin Hayes. He's got potential not only – with an average, but he's got some pop. Is he's like one of the leaders in home runs in the system? Right yeah, now. like a new shrooms up there yeah. with the two. So right. that's why I look at guys like him and, and and those guys. Like, I don't have real an answer on Hayes and Santander for the future because, the, you know, I mean, you have a couple future there, and, and, and that's why I just say it's two guys with two injury histories that you just don't know. You can't really predict. Right, but well, with what they're looking like, it, it, it's 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 a great it's a great problem to have, <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't stop there either because you remember you down in Delmarva right now you've got basically the entire 2021 draft class yeah. down there and they are lighting so, shit up. Uh, since the the basically the entire draft class got there, uh, Delmarva's gone 16 and eight. <laughs> that's crazy, and uh, so Colton Kowser, that's kind of the one everyone poo pooed when they drafted him. Well, yeah. he's batting 377 with a 986 OPS. I think uh, he's batting over 400 combined in yeah, the system because counting the, the time GCL down. The, or yeah, now right. Uh, Norby's look good. It's a little bit lower average, but it's still a very good OPS. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Teeter and Dante Williams are looking really good with the average in the OPS. And then um, it's just it shows you that these were guys that they were a little bit more advanced. They weren't high school players, so maybe they were a little bit cheaper, and that's what everyone wanted to worry about. Right. But maybe they were a little bit more ready. That's so, uh, so that's Del Marvin. That and then the one, the biggest bright spot would be to look at is Bowie because um, yeah. they just came off a who were they playing uh, Somerset, and they <laughs> seven games. Miners a little bit different. You don't play three or four. They games. were playing Harrisburg. Harrisburg, they were, chasing they were playing. They were chasing Somerset, but uh, they had a seven game sweep of Harrisburg. Sadly, they're chasing Somerset, who has like the same a six thing. game winning streak. <laughs> right. game win streak. So it is what is they're on the outside looking in. Uh, it's basically across the divisions. It's two per division to go to the playoffs. So that's just cool. If they don't make it, I mean, it is what it is. But if they do, that's extra time for guys like that you're used to hearing about with Bowie. Well, and, they're loading up too. They just added Gunnar Henderson. Up. Yeah, I so mean, it's just cool to keep seeing these guys move up and prosper. Like I said last week in the segment, like you're seeing a guy like him. He moved up a little bit, but then he got better. And it, you, when you go up, it'd be better if you were. If you're doing good in A, but then you're doing bad in double A, that's that's a bad sign. But right. if you keep improving every level, that's a great sign. Ryan and I had actually uh, talked a little bit about Gunner when we went to the Ironbirds game. And I'm curious to see if getting him out of that environment with that that all natural or not all natural, all non-natural <laughs> field that he was on and getting him to all a more uh, yeah. turf. Yeah, getting him to a more natural field, if that changes things for him because his struggles didn't just start and stop with the bat. It, it it went all the way out into the field, and you could see he was in his head. He was frustrated. He was throwing his glove in the dugout. There was a lot of things that were going on, and I think that it all added up, and it, it created a lot of frustration for him that affected him also at the yeah. plate. I hope maybe getting back on natural grass and on actual dirt 
helps him slow things down defensively. That'll help him, you know, concentrate a little bit more at the plate. Because uh, Gunnar Henderson, he was tearing things up yeah. in Del Marva. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got high hopes for for him at Double A. Yeah, he turned around in Aberdeen, and I mean, obviously he earned a promotion. So uh, it, you can't talk about the the big club that much. It's kind of not worth talking about. We know that at this point, right? But I mean, I know we say it almost every week. Well, but I can't help but ha- hammer in the fact that like this farm system is really good. There's going to be guys on in this farm system that you're going to know for years to come. The one question, going back to the big club, real quick before we wrap up, last thing I want to ask you about because I wanted to get your opinion on it specifically. Michael Ballman made his major league debut uh, over the last week, and he pitched like three innings, gave up, I think he had one strikeout, and you know didn't give up any walks. He looked good in his first start. He didn't look take, good against Toronto. I didn't see him against Toronto. He was part, so of, did the, he, was he he was part, part of that? Of the, yeah. oh, he was damn part it. of the I can't remember. It was, it was on Sunday. Yeah, he was part of it on oh, Sunday. He was part of the, the football squad. <sighs> but if it's any consolation, I mean, like every pitcher that came in was giving up like four or five I runs. was so pumped for him. Like that was one game that I did stop to watch a little bit of it because I wanted to see him play if he did play. Pitched three innings. He looked good. Yeah, he looked good uh, last week in his first opinion. I bet that could be like I just it's a weird thing. Uh, it, it was good to see the first game. Yeah, but that's could it be that he was facing Toronto yeah. and it, like they were they were so hot. Now I, I don't. I don't, you know, what next game, what does he get in if he does what he did the first game? Right. Maybe he's back on track. If not, then we'll, I guess we'll worry about but it. But hey, Fred, how about them Terps? How about them Terps? I'm hang on to it. <laughs> It's time for the two-minute warning. I haven't had a chance to even read through these questions yet, so. That's all right. I did during the Terps. I got my four million <laughs> in my pocket. I will let you go first. Who's asking the questions? Ryan, I James, you. what do we got? James or Ryan? Yeah, I got it. All right. Do you think Hyde is back with the Orioles next year, or is it time for a new manager? I think it's just time for a new manager. It's, and it's nothing against Hyde. I mean, what can you do with a roster like this and with pitching so in flux? And it sucks because he seems like a really good guy. You had an issue on Friday where he was kind of fighting for his team. You see he's got that spark for this team. But at some point, you need to start moving towards the future. And it just just kind of happens. And I think it's this year that what's the answer is. I don't know, but I don't think it's him. I've always kind of thought Brandon Hyde was a stopgap from the beginning. But I've as time has gone on, to your point, I, I've actually grown to really like him. Yeah. I like his personality. I think he handles the clubhouse well. I think he handles the media well. I think he serves his purpose. I don't know if it's this year that he's done. I think he carries through for one more year. And then it's try to figure out who, unless somebody off the market comes in that blows the Orioles away that they'll never get again. But yeah, I think he's around for one more year with the first weeks. The NFL played, which players surprised you the most who stood out and why? I thought he, I went first. <laughs> go first again. So you go oh, first again. Okay. Well, ah, shit. Ah, uh, CMC. Cause he's back. It look, okay. He looks like he's back. I think I need, I need him to be back. Uh, so that's the good. <laughs> And I think the not necessarily bad, but Josh Allen starting to feel a little bit like Cam 2.0. We were talking Kinda about feels it. like a full stadium's too you know, difficult for like him. Wonder who said that? that yeah, <laughs> but too, it's just you know, it's like he doesn't avoid the contact, and it's yeah, he's a big guy, but just feels like Cam again. Yeah, for me, I think the guy that stood out the most was uh, Jameis Winston. I think 
a guy that used to throw the ball up in the air and try to throw as many yards as he possibly could while also trying to throw as many interceptions as he could because that's all he fucking did. <laughs> Got that lace uh, he, he, he played under poise, and he played very well. He threw five touchdowns in that game. He was very efficient, right? We talk about the Ravens and, and Lamar being an efficient quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but we saw that out of Jameis in this game. So I think he'd be my standout player this week. And... Bonus, he can now afford crab legs, so we probably aren't going to steal any. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, you know what? I'm giving the outro duties to you, Ryan. Oh, Sign us out oh, this week. Thank God. I freelance it. Freelance it. Freelance it. Let's do it. I Join us up. next week and every Tuesday for Birdland BS Live, 730. Uh, you can check out all our social media pages. It's at Birdland BS everywhere. Just search Birdland BS. And shell and tell while you're at it. You got at Fred BLBS, you got at Terps BS, but you got James Bond, some fucking number over here. <laughs> and you got hashtag Drew, because this dude doesn't nope, use Twitter. No, no I've been no, using Twitter a it. lot. He okay. retweets and likes my tweets a lot, a lot. so I'm good with All it. All right, well, I don't know <laughs> Drew's, I don't know at Drew's hashtag or title. Um, at Drew N27. Check you. us out Thank at BirdlandBS.com. We got all the the, uh, the goods there. I'm actually going to re up on some of my Birdless, uh, Birdland BS shirts this week. Definitely is on my checklist. So <laughs> get one on there. Uh, and we got the Shell and Tell stuff there as well, too. Stick around for after hours. Apparently, we've, we're moving uh, the rundown there, which is probably a good idea because it's. 9.30. I'm getting out a little earlier today. Yeah, you got a long walk home. <laughs> yeah, I do have a long walk home. Uh, I will be calling an Uber here soon. Keep us with the after hours. Till next time. See ya. Here's to wishing all is well. Under the <laughs> show. <laughs> it's for you, gooks. <laughs>